I know what I've done. Bad things. Terrible, awful, murderous things. I regret them now, but I liked how they felt. I wish I didn't, but I did. At first, it was only animals smaller than myself. Nothing but feelings, nothing that could hurt me back. Felt good. Killing's easier than you think. think, think. and welcome back to the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. I don't know if you heard, I don't know if you were over there on the others with us the other week, but we are celebrating our 100th episode, which is not this one, but I don't care because (laughs) we're still going over here. We're still excited. Um, 101. 101 pearls and I am so <laughs> I am so thrilled that we got to cover Pearl I just want to give a gigantic massive thank you to Ariana for um, letting me like sad dog my way into this <laughs> people love this movie they wanted us to talk about it for so long and it never won it never I don't won understand how it never won it just feels like it would fit the vibe of the club so I will say this um which after editing our podcast uh, for so long, uh, I've noticed that I say that a lot. And I'm just going to apologize to everyone for the I will say this. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to hear it now. I will say this. Um, when I went to watch this movie, I had seen that I had seen this movie in theaters when it came out. Ariana did. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah, I did not. Yeah, I saw this in um, 2022 whenever it came out. Um, I remember seeing the trailer at. Uh, for when I, I think when, maybe when I went to go see Scream 5, which I saw Scream 6, we'll talk about that at a later date. Um, <laughs> I have a lot to say. I saw this in the trailer in theaters and Emma, I, I, cause I went to go see this movie Scream with Emma and Nick and my sister, Emma, my husband, Nick, and they both were like, absolutely not watching the trailer. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. They were like, no, that's too much. That just seems like it just freaked them out. What's too much? It, I mean... <laughs> I guess we'll explain soon. Okay. Have you seen the trailer for this movie? I will say that I think I had seen the trailer like once or twice, and it did give the impression that it was a scarier movie than it actually is. Well, why don't I just like play a little bit of the trailer for the audience so they can get <laughs> they can get a taste. They know what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And by me play a little bit, I mean Lamar, our sexy editor, is going to play a little bit of it <laughs> right here. <laughs> Thanks, Lamar. Thanks, Lamar. I want to be special. Dancing up on the screen like the pretty girls in the pictures. I will not let you leave this farm again. I'm worried there may be something real wrong with me. Rumor has it they only take one gal per town. We're looking for someone with X Factor. Has to be me. How about a film nobody else has seen? Is it legal? Will be eventually. I know what I've done. Bad things. Terrible, awful, murderous things. I want to be loved from as many people as possible. But truth is, I'm not really a good person. 
strong trailer. Yeah. Pretty freaky. That's a that's an action-packed trailer. <laughs> it does reflect the movie, but again, I feel like it gives off scarier vibes. Interesting. So Nick, Nick, I obviously made go see this in theaters with me. Yeah. I and everybody already knows this, so no cards. All my cards are on the table this time. I love Pearl. Um, this is like uh. my second favorite horror movie of 2022. <gasps> oh my god! Oh, of 2022. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, fair. Not of all time. Wait, what was the first one? X. Uh, Barbarian. Barbarian. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about X. Um, X, because this is technically um, the second movie in a very unique trilogy by Ty West, um, the director creator who we are going to talk about in depth. And I'm going to talk more about the trilogy. It's extremely unique. It's not your standard trilogy, but to simplify it, Pearl is the prequel and the villain origin story to X. Oh, but have you seen X? Just kidding. I knew that. I was like, like, Ariana, you brought it up. She's just a good audience member. I have not seen X. And to be honest, I wish I had because I feel like I would have gotten a lot more out of this movie. Mm-mm. But researching this movie, I did find out a little bit more about X, which I think is very interesting. It's a very interesting premise because the main character in X, actress, is also the main character in Pearl, but they don't play the same character. Am I right? They play the exact same character. Oh, I thought the main character in X was named Maxine and that... She is actually an older woman. Pearl is an older woman. I think she changed her name. Wait, how? That's definitely the same character. No, it's not. The older lady is Pearl, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. In X, though. In X. Okay, so X, X is the first movie that came out. So basically, this is the prequel, and the younger, the main character in this movie is the old lady in... X, but the actress is in both movies, but she plays a different character because Maxine and Pearl are the same actress. Oh, 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 yes. Correct. 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 She plays two different characters in right. X. Correct. But the character is also in X, but she's an old lady. Yes. Because this Pearl. is the prequel. Pearl yes. is in X. All right. So uh, you know what? I, I have absolutely made a mess of this. Let me start over. <laughs> X. X is the movie that came before Pearl. X came out in, let me see, March of 2022. Um, And it is a very different type of film. It's same director, producer, editor. It still stars Mia Goth, which holy shit, we are going to talk about Mia Goth. Oh my God. Um, But it's set in 1979 and Mm -hmm. it's themed very differently. It's themed like um, it very much takes a lot of influences from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ty West is very open about that. And uh, whenever you see X, Ariana, because I've seen X. So whenever you see X, um, as someone who has also seen Texas Chainsaw, you've seen Texas Chainsaw, yeah? I have not. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. Okay. I know. What the fuck? All right. All right. All right. All right. Pause. I'm not a huge slasher person. I don't care. (laughs) You're like, you need to be. You have to watch (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Club members, back me up on this. I listened to your coverage of Texas Chainsaw with Emma, and I was like, I'm never watching this shit. It's intense. It sounds disgusting. It's disgusting, (laughs) but it's genuinely like one of the best horror movies I've ever seen and you need to see it just for the history of it you need like and for like the influence it had on horror movies because it is one of the most massively influential 
movies and horror. And uh, yeah, you're going to have to watch it. So, you know, every time you come to see me, you make me watch some like depressing, (laughs) like upsetting, sad ass horror movie. Well, and then you're like, good night. Let's watch Texas Chainsaw first. And then we'll watch um, Nymphomania. Absolutely. Never watch Lars von Trier's Nymphomania right after. Never, 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 never going to do that. You know what? Actually, you're on. You're on. <laughs> I I swear. Let's do this. You're on. But we're going to watch Nymphomania first because I want... No, I want to no, end on the high note. I know note. you do. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Because that's what you always do to me. So... Uh uh-uh. uh, these these are the rules of this game. You will watch Texas Chainsaw after I watch Nymphomania back to back, and then I'm immediately going to bed, and I'm going to let you simmer in your thoughts. And I don't want to agree to this one. I don't know. You saw how much I fucking hated Terrifier too, and it freaked me the fuck out. It damaged me. It feels like the same vibe though. Texas Chainsaw it's feels not, tortury. It has it's nothing at all like Terrifier too. Okay. Nothing all right. at all. You'll totally be able to handle it. It's quite low budget. It's quite creative. It very much feels like an old school movie. You're going to be okay. But um, as a, a as a thank you, and to get you to do it, I will allow us to watch a single episode of Broad City of your choosing afterwards. <laughs> so we should watch many episodes of Broad City. There we go. But at least one of your choosing. <laughs> you yes, see my, yes. my words. And then I choose three and then we don't sleep at all <laughs> as per usual. Um, the usual. JK, that's not the usual. The usual is it's 11 o'clock and I'm like, Ariana, it's 11 o'clock. Oh yeah. That was so funny. Yeah. We were like watching movies at my friend's house and Kate, like the movie ended and me and my friend were like, let's another. watch another one. And Kate was like, Ariana, just so you know, it's 11 PM. And I was like, I didn't quite say it that bitchy. But I was like, I want everyone to be aware. No, but it was like a very like, like you legitimately thought I didn't realize it was 11 p.m. I was concerned. (laughs) I was like, she's going to be so tired. No, 11 p.m. is like 5 p.m. for a normal person. I know. That's because both you bitches are ER and I'm over here waking up at six in the morning. I'm like, we're starting a movie at unheard of. At 11? Oh my God. Me and Rachel start movies at like two in the morning. I could Regularly. No, 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 no. no, (laughs) We're like, oh, it's 4 a.m. I guess I should go home now. (laughs) Absolutely cannot do that under no circumstances. If you think I'm bad, Nick, when we sit down to watch a movie, he's like, it's 830. I'm like, Nick, we can handle this. We can handle it. We can do it. You guys are so cute. (laughs) (laughs) You would think by this description, we're like 50 years old. We're not. No, I mean, it's nice to have a circadian rhythm. I'm super jealous. I know. It's because we don't work nights. Yeah, it's just that simple. Yeah. Ugh, working nights is yeah. brutal. I'm so sorry. Back to um, X. So X was the first movie. It came out in 2022. Again, a very different vibe. Um, Ginny Ortega is in it. Love that. So I think eventually oh, we I didn't should... know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think eventually... Wow. I think you would like X. Um, I was... I, I need to give X another chance, especially after I've seen Pearl... But all you need to know about X right now is that it's very Texas Chainsaw um, and Pearl is in it, but she is much, much older because this this movie, Pearl, is set in, I believe, 1912. Yeah, it's around the Spanish influenza. So it's about 100 years ago. Yes. And so I thought that was very interesting. So first of all, um, so it's X, which came out in 2022 in March. And then Pearl came out very shortly after in September of 2022. 
Oh, damn. They were filmed simultaneously, I feel like, They were right? filmed back to back. Ah, got um, it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, so it was Mia, mm-hmm. Mia Goth. Um, you know, X was all Ty West. Um, Mia Goth is in it. She, again, plays Maxine and, and the older version of Pearl, who's the main character of this movie. Wait, she plays the older version of Pearl? Yes. She plays an old lady? Yes. Really? Yes. You should look so up. So she's the- playing two different characters yes. in X. Yes. Oh my God. This lady, I can't. And then a younger, intense version of herself in Pearl. That's fucking cool. And she wrote Pearl. Yes, I did she know that. She co-wrote it with Ty West. She's a badass bitch. I love her. Do you know what her name is? Like her full name? No. Um, her name, her real name is Mia Gypsy Mello De Sylvia Goth. Okay. Is she like a secret Frank Zappa baby? What's going on? <laughs> That's a witch name if I ever heard one. That is a witch name. <gasps> I just pulled her up. Goth made her feature film debut in Nymphomaniac in 2013. Yes. What the fuck? Yes. What the Kate. fuck? Oh, <laughs> yes, my God. Kate. That's why I want to watch it with you. Okay. Holy shit. All also, right, she met her future husband on Shia Nymphomaniac. LaBeouf, right? Yes. Yeah. Freaking Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Although they're getting a divorce, so don't get too excited. Honestly, after what I've heard about Shia, like, I'm glad she's getting some distance. I was going to say, I'm surprised he can nail down any woman. Not yeah. that I don't. I'm obsessed with him, but I know he has a lot of mental health issues. I'm I'm worried about Shia LaBeouf. Um, but an- anyway... Mia Goth um, is fucking incredible. She's so fucking incredible. She might be one of my favorite actresses after seeing this movie. Me too. And we'll get into it. We're going to talk about everything that Mia Goth does because she is front and center this entire movie. Um, And she is wonderful to watch. Yeah. So the way that they filmed these was back to back and at the height of the pandemic in 2020. So which um, it's very kind of ironic, kind of uncanny and disturbing then to watch it's awesome it's very meta a movie about a pandemic about an actual historical pandemic yeah um, the the spanish influenza pandemic in 1912 uh where they're they're wearing masks and they're talking about wearing masks and this is all filmed, and they're coughing and they're coughing and it's all filmed <laughs> under strict quarantine uh during yeah. 2020 um and it was again back to back like they finished x and they're like let's go pearl and there is going to be a third one. Um, it's called Maxine. Maxine. Mm-hmm. Maxine. With triple X's. With three X's. And there's there's themes that are throughout, I assume, all the movies. I can say for sure throughout X and Pearl because those are out right now. Um, but the styles of the movies are vastly different. And that's intentional. Like the scores are different. The transitions are different. They're all going for an entirely different aesthetic. So if oh, you think wow. Yes. Yeah, so if you think of X as... Texas Chainsaw, more of a classic slasher, but still twisted. Pearl is, and I wrote this down because the first thing I thought of when I was watching Pearl was Wizard of Oz. Yep. Uh-huh. That was a big influence. Yes. It's like, it's very clear it's a big influence. We have these, um, there's a lot of things that I'll talk about it, but visually it has a lot in common and the score is very similar. It's very much going for that golden age of Hollywood aesthetic. Yeah. That's what I wrote down too. I was yeah. like, this is old Hollywood, but it's yeah. all told from her point of view and in her head, it's all very theatrical. It's very theatrical and it's a very different type of old Hollywood movie. It's like a mm. setting that you don't see from that time period. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very ambitious and very unique. The, so yeah. that, that I will say, and then I'm excited to see what they do with uh, Maxine, because I know that that is also going to be an entirely different theme and aesthetic. And I don't know what it's going to be. That is crazy. I just pictured X as being the same exact vibe as this movie. Entirely different. I did not know it was different. That's cool. It makes entirely me want to watch different. it. 
Yeah. X follows like a group of young um, adult filmmakers, like yes. in the early days, in the 70s, yes. who like come across an old dusty house essentially. Yeah, I was, I mean, I did kind of figure out the plot line when I was reviewing this, but that's just mind blowing. I had no idea that freaking Mia Goth played the old lady. I think that that's, and that's why when you're like, Oh, I would have gotten more out of Pearl if I had seen X to be honest, X was a bit forgettable for me. Oh really? On first viewing, I'm excited to watch it again, but it was a bit forgettable to me because that type of slasher film is not my cup of tea. And I didn't really have a appreciation for Ty West yet and for sure. Mia Goth. Um, now after seeing Pearl, I am very interested to watch X again. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that's how Ty West, the director intended it. He intended it to be each movie can be watched separately and independently and be its own movie. You do not have to be familiar with right. X to be, to, to enjoy Pearl and vice versa, but they are all part of a cohesive universe and story. And there are themes that are woven through all of the movies. That's insane, man. Isn't that unique? Especially it's for so a fucking horror cool. franchise. Yeah, so fucking cool. I'm here for it. I'm very I love here this for trilogy it. theme that people are doing Me of too. late. Yeah. We were just talking about Annihilation, um, which is a, a book trilogy. Would love would love some more horror trilogies. Not yeah. looking at you, babe. you're done. Sit down. We're looking at you, Lars von Trier. I'm just kidding. We're not looking at you. <laughs> you're done. You already did your trilogy. You're done. You're done. <laughs> But I am excited about the third one. But before we talk about the third one, which doesn't exist yet, we got to talk about Pearl. Mm. We got to talk about our girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we can get there, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who recommended this movie, which was a lot of people. So many people. So many people. And again, another shout out to Ariana for um, letting me go. Please, 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 please. <laughs> until I could do it. Kate acts like I have any say at all. She's like, we're doing this. And I'm like, all right. Sounds That's good. That's not true. <laughs> Do you think I ever would have watched Antichrist if I had a say in that? <laughs> no. But first off, before we move on, we have a couple of club bulletins. Club bulletins. Hold on. Shuffle my, my papers. Welcome back to all our sexy club members. And if it's your first time, welcome by joining the club. You're an official, or by listening to this podcast, rather, you're an official club member, an automatic card carrying club member, and we love you. And we're so excited you're here. Um, go join us on Facebook, Instagram. We're going to have a discord soon, I think, because um, we just like chatting. We just like chatting about horror movies. And, yeah, let's have a chat. And true crime and spooky shit. Uh, and then uh, I want to give another shout out to one of our patrons, you might know her, Ariana, already. Jessica E. from Tennessee. Oh. Um, she's, yeah, she's been a patron for a while. She's the sweetest. We love her. But she just upped her support to VP status, um, oh, which dang. is extremely sweet. And she did that in response. And Jessica E., I hope you're okay if I said this, because she sent me a very sweet message um, via email. Because on the last episode, on our 100th episode for the others, I mentioned like how Ariana saved the day with this podcast, saved the day, because I was exhausted running it by myself and I was about to flush the whole thing down the toilet and Ariana saved the day and Jessica E upped her support and messaged me and said when I heard that I just knew I had to up my support and like show you guys like how much I care about you and like gave a big thank you and I'm just like holy crap our club is so perfect that's awesome Big shout out to Jessica E from Tennessee. We love her. And if you guys are interested in supporting the club, you're already doing it just by listening to us. So thank you. Keep doing that. Um, Two, we have another special way that you can support the club other than becoming a patron or a club officer. Those are the people who get to vote and support us um, 
on Patreon, but we have something new that we're trying, um, something exciting. We're doing a merch giveaway. Yeah. Woo-hoo, merch giveaway. <laughs> and not just any merch. It's any, it's any merch that you want from our store. But don't look yet because we have some really cool things coming down the pipeline mm-hmm. um, from Witchy Vibes of Mine, who is our merch designer. Uh, so we have some stuff coming out and all you have to do to be included in this giveaway is write us a review. If you don't mind, (laughs) give us a little review. Give us, give us some love. Give me attention. I need your attention. (laughs) Kate needs attention from you. I need attention. So give me some (laughs) attention and, uh, you get a point and I will include you in the giveaway. We'll include you in the giveaway. But also if you, um, give us a review, that's that's two points. So you get two entries into the contest because it takes more effort um, to actually write out a review. Uh, but also we need ratings pretty badly because people will swipe left real quick if the ratings yeah. aren't high enough. So if you rate us wherever you listen to your podcast, be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, uh, just send us a screenshot or some evidence that you did that. And I will also include you. You get one point, one point, one entry into the merch giveaway. Yeah. And if you've done this already, if you've already reviewed us or if you've already rated us, email us and send us some sort of proof and we will include you in the giveaway also. Absolutely. We love our we love our club members. Yeah. In regards to the timeline, we're looking to close it around the end of April. So anytime between now and the end of April is when we're looking for people to leave some sort of review um, or rating. And then you'll get to go into the um, drawing and then we'll see who gets some free merch. Yes. And uh, the fastest way to send um, I'll see your ratings, but the, um, I won't necessarily know who it is. Yeah, it's hard to <laughs> Cause know. Because they're, they're anonymous. So email us is the best way to to give us that, um, to get your entry. So it's nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I'd really, we'd really appreciate it. And we have some sexy merch and I can't wait to advertise that on future episodes and on our social media. So really excited about that. Heck yeah. All right. Shall we talk more about the woman the myth, the legend, Pearl. <laughs> yeah. First, you want to do a teaser? I do want to do a teaser. <laughs> what do you got? I have I have a small one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mine's tiny. Yeah. Um, an inevitable descent into madness. Oh, I love that. That's, That's a good it. one. That's the whole thing. All right. I got two. I got one from IMDb. So this is the one that will pretty much sum up everything. So apparently this takes place in 1918, not 1912. This is something I just realized. In 1918, a young woman on the brink of madness pursues stardom in a desperate attempt to escape the drudgery, isolation, and lovelessness of life on her parents' farm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that really paints a picture. And that really kind of sets the movie up. And I will say, and um, again, I said that again, I will, I will say, uh, that I, this movie had a very solid intro, like the first six yeah. minutes up to the Pearl credit, you already have a very good feel for what this movie vibe. is about and yep. who the protagonist is at least a little bit. So yeah. yeah, well done, IMDb. Yeah. Well done. What's your other one? <laughs> so I like to compare these movies to other movies. Did you compare it to Carrie? No, that's interesting. Carrie, I didn't consider that. I got Carrie vibes. Because she is a female protagonist slash antagonist. And that, she's like coming into her own as a woman. Yeah. And the and the relationship with her mother. 
Ah, uh, yeah, mama drama for sure. The mama drama, which is one of my film genres I picked. Same. Was mama drama. <laughs> mama drama. It was mama drama. This Absolutely. is definitely a mama drama horror among a lot of different kinds of horror. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, I, that's a major oversimplification on my end. Like, I think Carrie is one of the best uh, mother-daughter stories in horror, and I also think that this is one of the best mother-daughter stories yep. in horror. So, but they're very, very different, but they do have that same. Um, energy. So yeah. that's, that's what I, I was, I was like, Ooh, it's like Carrie meets wizard of Oz, but Mia goth is there like into it. <laughs> yeah. I got wizard of Oz vibes, Texas mm-hmm. chainsaw. And then the last one, which the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, maybe American psycho, but a woman <gasps> because okay. you're following the protagonist who is also the murderer slasher killer. And yeah, they're just, yeah. you're trying to kind of like follow their psyche and try to understand why they do what they do. Yes. So definitely yes. American psycho vibes, but instead of Christian Bale, it's Mia Goth. <laughs> there, I, you know what? There's a moment at the end that I think really nails that comparison yeah. that you just yeah. made. And this is, this is the part of the story where I say, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We're going to spoil this movie. And it came out not that long ago. So if you don't want it spoiled, go rent it on Amazon where I rented it for six goddamn dollars. Damn it. Inflation. Yeah, they got $6. me. They have my six dollars well spent, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> go rent it, come back and we'll be waiting for you. Hell yeah. It's a steal at $6 in my opinion. <gasps> Ooh, it's a she steal. Just me a card. You'll be entertained. You'll you be, will be entertained. You'll be well entertained you for $6. <laughs> I, so Nick wasn't, so like I told you, Nick did not want to, I asked Emma and I asked Nick to watch this movie with me. I took Nick to go see it in theaters. He like, doesn't talk about this movie. I think it really disturbed him. Wait, really? Yeah. Why? Cause I asked him, well, I don't know exactly. Cause you know, Nick just kind of, you know, he keeps yeah, his cards he close keeps to it his in. chest. Yeah. And I was like, Hey Nick, do you want to watch Pearl with me uh, this weekend? And he just goes, no, no, thank you. <laughs> and he did it. And then I texted Emma and I was like, Emma, will you, which that would have been mean, honestly, the more I think about it. Cause Emma did not do well with house of a thousand corpses. She doesn't do well with gore. Uh, there is gore in this movie. Yeah. Gore galore. Yeah. Um, but not, I think it's good gore, but yeah. Emma was like, Emma watched the trailer and was like, no, <laughs> really? She's like, I'm not coming over. Sorry. <laughs> Interesting. So I watched this alone and I thought since I've seen it, um, in full, I was like, okay, I'll do that. But I'll also like be doing my notes for the week while I do it. Yeah. Um, no, immediately I'm like fully sucked into this oh, movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. That it's I've already extremely seen entertaining. Pretty recently. Yeah. Like, you know, I will say that I find that men in general do not like when there's a woman slasher because mm. Will was very disturbed when we watched, um, well, I guess, okay. Antichrist. He was very disturbed by Antichrist. Well, I was also very disturbed by Antichrist. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I feel like men don't like seeing women in that position, which is fair, but you know what? We've, as women have seen men in that position for years and years and years. So we're more used to it, I guess. Which is well, it's, uh, it's our a, daily it's lives a, too. Like a, that's actually a quote that I wrote down because I'll, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna say it. I have a list of things I love in this movie and a list of things I don't love. Oh, I'm excited to hear these lists. Yes, um, okay. and one of them is the dialogue. I think the dialogue is absolutely fucking bang on. Um, and I promise you guys, we're going to talk about this movie, but like, we're not going to talk about the dialogue. Like, but one thing I do want to write down is there's this scene where Mia Goth and her sister-in-law character are both very nervous for a performance audition. And the sister-in-law character says, why aren't you more scared? 
And Mia Goth says, or Pearl says, I guess I'm just more used to the feeling. And that's how I feel about women watching other, watching violence from women versus violence from men towards women. Like we're very used to seeing violence towards women, but men aren't used to seeing violence towards their own gender. 100%. Have you seen the TikTok where it's like a guy watch? It's like this trend probably from like a year ago now, but it's like a guy watching his significant other, his female significant other watching true crime. And there's like an audio clip that's Her like. Her legs were cut off. Yeah, exactly. Her, Her ears were cut, were cut off. off. Yes. And the girl's like just sitting there just like loving it, eating, eating popcorn. popcorn. And he's just staring at her with like utter disgust and like, what kind of Horror. fucked up person are you? But it's true. It's like, I feel like women in general play these scenarios in their head or, you know, to whatever extent you do that is okay. But I feel like women in general are very careful because we have these scenarios in our head. And so mm-hmm. we're kind of used to these true crime stories and like, we know these things happen. <laughs> have you seen, there's also another TikTok trend that reminds, reminded me of this movie, which is I'm on horror talk, which is super fun. I'm so jealous. How do I get on that shit? I'm on fucking cat talk. <laughs> Whenever you see a creepy TikTok, just hold in and just watch okay, it. Okay. Um, and then click on the comment button. Cause then it's like, Ooh, she's interested. Um, but I'm on horror talk. So I get like the horror books and like the horror movie recommendations and little horror nice. shorts on TikTok. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, the trend is g- the good for her trend. Uh, oh, I don't know this one. It's a line from Arrested Development that I say all the time. Uh, <laughs> of course. It's a line from Arrested Development, which is where uh, the the mom character in Arrested Development, who is unhinged. Fucking hilarious. Times, hilarious. I love Lucille. Jessica Walters. Lucille. So, Lucille. She's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and there she's sitting with her young son, her son, her adult baby son, baby adult son, Buster. And they're watching TV and it's the news. And it's this woman who's like. And then the woman just undid the emergency brake and sunk her car into the Hudson with her <laughs> husband and children in it. And she just go, is stirring her tea and goes, good for her. <laughs> of course. Of so course. I don't think that's what the TikTok is referencing, but it's what I hear. It's good and shit. it's called good. For, it's the good for her trend, which is <laughs> books and movies where the girls do something vicious. Oh, but you're like on their side. Yeah. Good for her. And this has a little bit of that. Not yeah, much. A lot but of at that. T- at times, at times there is uh-huh. some good for her. Yeah. And yeah. then at times there is not, which it makes Pearl a very interesting character to me. She is so complex. Yeah. We obviously will talk more about it, but like anytime she lashes out, you're so sympathetic to her character because it's yes. like something that, you know, some women, most women want to do. Yeah. It's we're all thinking what she's verbalizing. She just verbalizes yes. it in like an absolutely hysterical, which I hate that word, but it's just one way to describe her. She is hysterical. She's though. hysterical for the majority of this movie. And she's just so expressive and it's absolutely cathartic as a woman watching it. I, I will give the, if you haven't seen this movie, one of the main components, one of the main story arcs and driving uh, forces for the creation of Pearl is her relationship with her mother, um, mm-hmm. which is a very oppressive relationship in this like lovelessness depression era, 1912 influenza f- farm of where she's raised yeah. by German immigrants. And it's this very oppressive relationship and you can watch how that affects her. And you're sympathetic in that way. But at the same time, as the movie progresses, you understand more and more, you get more and more aspects to Pearl and you see more and more of the decisions she makes and how her brain works. And Mm -hmm. you realize, oh, there's something 
very deeply wrong with her. Yeah. Which makes her so complex. I love that she's self-aware about it too. Like that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I needed from American Psycho is like I needed him to verbalize his, I needed him to understand his own, you know, motives more. And I wanted him to verbalize that (laughs) for the audience. He's not going to an American Psycho because American Psycho is trying, it's, it's a satire. So they're not going to hand things to you quite in the same way versus this is more of a character study. I agree. I also think she's a woman and women are a lot more self-aware, I think, in general of our own emotional thoughts and feelings. And we question why we feel certain way and we verbalize that to people we trust. And I think that this movie reflects that very well. I think so, too. And that's not to say that men like can't express emotion or like men are bad for not expressing emotion. I think it's just uh, society makes it not okay for men to express emotion. Yeah. I think if you're a man and you can express your emotion, I think you are so far ahead of your <laughs> of your peers. You we so applaud sexy. you. We yeah. love a mature man that can express his feelings in oh my a God. non-violent yes. way. <laughs> non-violent the bar way. is fucking low, you guys. Bar is low. The bar is low. But yeah, um, I, I I I thought that there was a lot of that to her. But not also not to say that all women are like hysterical and very forward forward feeling with their emotions. Because we'll talk about Mama Pearl. We'll talk about her mother. Yes. Yes. Not like that at all. The antithesis um, of the antithesis. Mia Goth's character for sure. Well, I know we've said like a like a billion different things about this movie, but if you had to boil it down, I know that we've said mama drama, but do you have any other like genre thoughts for Pearl? I mean, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. I don't. What are you going to say? <laughs> Corn horror. <gasps> Holy shit. I missed it. Oh my God. Corn. There's got to be corn. Every horror movie has some component of corn and so Holy does this shit. fucking movie. Okay, if this is your first time joining us, um, there is like an epidemic that we have noticed in in horror movies, which is there's always fucking corn. Corn's Um, always there. And sometimes it's very heavily featured. Like this was heavily including featured. this movie. I think it's yeah. pretty heavily featured in this movie. Yeah. Oh my God, corn horror. I cannot believe I missed it. You're absolutely yeah. right. Done. Corn horror. Multiple scenes of corn. We love it. We're here for it. We're here for it. Corn trope. Um, Corn trope. Love love the corn trope that nobody's picked up on but our club. That's great. <laughs> All right. Corn horror and mama drama. Uh, I think slasher is... Slasher. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I will say nobody gets uh, slashed. They There are deaths. There are kills that I'm going to... I'm going to go through each one and I'm going to rank them at the end of the oh, episode. Oh, good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but no one, no one gets... No, no knife, which I thought was very bold of them. And there's an honorable mention kill for a kill that almost happened, but didn't. I mean, is an ax a knife? No, kind of. It's kind of a big knife. <laughs> is a pitchfork a knife? Kind of. No, no, no. Cause those are unique kills to watch. I got you. So what you're saying is they're more unique than a slasher. They're more would be. unique. And it's okay. not just some crazy person with a butcher knife that they grabbed from their kitchen. Fair. That's not okay. what it is at all. Sure. Yeah. So I think that those are good genres. I agree. It's a period piece. It's set in 1912. Mm, you're right. And it's, and it's got, which it's, I was going to say, because we just covered The Others, which is also a period horror piece. Uh, very different. Very different <laughs> horror movies. Yeah. So the budget, I do want to talk a bit about the budget in the box office because it was very different than I expected. Hmm. This movie came out in theaters. Like this was like a major theatrical release. Okay. And, uh, I think I had a bit of anticipation because X had come out so recently. Sure. 
Uh, so what are you going to guess for budget? So in my research, I did see that someone commented that it was a lower budget than expected. Yes, that's true. Which, if you think about it, sure. I mean, I know it was filmed in New Zealand during yes, the pandemic. Um, really, the entirety seems like it all happened kind of in one place. And it didn't seem mm -hmm. like they could have had that many high budget shots. And mm -hmm. everyone in this movie was not a very, very big actor or anything like that. So, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like what? Like, I don't 20 million. Is 20 that million? Like okay. That's a good <laughs> guess. So the others for comparison was 17 million and that came out in 2001. Mm. Uh, the budget for this movie, Ariana guessed 20 million, $1 million. What? I know. Wait, that's so much lower. I know. So this they fucking movie, like made you so said, much money on this fucking movie. Oh, yeah, they did. They they made some money in, in comparison, right? So right. let's talk about yeah. the box office. Exactly. I'm just going to tell you 9.4 million, which is oh, way wow. lower than I thought. Fuck. Fuck the pandemic. But you know fuck what? They're the still pandemic. making six bucks off us. <laughs> they sure song, did. So. They've made, they, they have made a good chunk of change off of me watching it multiple times. But yeah. like for comparison, the others, when it came out, made $210 million. No. Well, fucking Nicole Kidman. Yeah. It's, that is what it star is. Star power. It? Which honestly, I think Mia Goth is heading that way. Oh my God. She's oh, I think we're amazing. catching her early. Yeah. Not to say I she agree. hasn't already done a lot of amazing things, but I think that Hollywood is going to start to recognize her and utilize her because she is yeah. a, a force. Well, yeah, she's absolutely amazing. She's been in like five horror movies in like mm -hmm. <laughs> in the last five years. Like she is a scream queen for sure. And I feel like a lot of these big actresses started off that way. Like, you know, Sissy Spacek and yes. um, uh, Halloween. What's her name? Girl from Halloween. Oh my God. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jesus Jamie Christ. Jamie Lee. Yeah. Put us in horror jail. Oh my God. JLC. We forgot the name. We're brain farting. It's fine. And I love her. <laughs> She's also on my TikToks. It's just like yeah. interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis about her sobriety and I'm like crying and I love her. Oh, yes. She's, She's awesome. She obviously broke out into other genres of movies and I feel like this is coming for this girl. Although I want her to stay in horror forever. Also. I know. Well, that's the thing about genre movies is they don't get the same respect from yeah. the uh, movie community or like Hollywood, in my opinion, like no, yeah. Mia Goth, if, and again, the Oscars were what this last Sunday, yeah. uh, I've stopped watching those a long time ago, ever since same. I found out they were fucking rigged. It's all rigged it's and rigged. it's all who got bought off. Look into yeah. that. But Mia Goth, if there was anything fair or right in this world, would have been nominated for an Oscar for her performance oh in this movie. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing. The range on this girl. So we've talked a ton about Mia Goth and she doesn't direct the movie. Ty West, who is like the creator, the brain for this trilogy, he he created this movie and directed this movie, which is very impressive considering the style of direction is so different than the other one. Um, but wow. the writers, Mia Goth was one of the main writers and she helped create Pearl's character with Ty West. I believe that because no one, I feel like, understands a character more than the actor or actress that has to play them. And I think yeah. that really, really showed in this because her character is so deep and complex. Yes. And I just I just appreciate that a director um, saw that in Mia and, and embraced it so much. Yeah. 
Cause a lot of directors don't, and they get very protective of their project. And, um, I think that that stifles the creativity. Yeah. It shows humility and yeah, I think it's amazing and it, yeah. it really, really paid off. It really paid off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, as far as the actresses and the actors in this movie, the cast, obviously we've talked about Mia Goth. The other characters, I didn't really recognize that much. A lot of them are New Zealand actors, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. It was filmed in New Zealand. The love interest, the projector, the, the projectorist, I recognize him from, I believe it's, it's that show that I watched a couple episodes of and didn't like that. Had oh yes. You told me about this. The I politician, forgot. the politician. Ah, uh-huh. And I will say I was very impressed with him. I was impressed with every single actor on screen. And to be honest, there's only like five. Yeah. It's a pretty, uh, small cast. I would say, um, do you know anything about the mom character? I, I don't, I was hoping you did. I, I she's New Zealand. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, she worked on X. Excuse me. Do you know what she did on X? No. <laughs> You're going to love this. She was the intimacy coordinator on X. <gasps> and I had to look up what an intimacy coordinator is. And it's exactly what you think. Uh-huh. It's of. So this is the definition of from Wikipedia. An intimacy coordinator is a member of a film or television crew who ensures the well-being of actors and actresses who participate in sex scenes. It's a major job because you have to make sure that they feel comfortable. You're in charge of making sure that they're like that they have the padding that they feel most comfortable with for these scenes. Um, That's a so how I'm just and also the fact first of all, to be an intimacy coordinator at all is um, an insane job. I know. I'm like, oh, insane job. Jeez. Like I knew there were people like this, but I didn't know there was a name for it. And I've never like discovered someone who has done this. I I've dug into it before and I've like looked into like the the like hard cups and soft cups that they'll use for these scenes yeah but I the not only is she an intimacy coordinator she's an intimacy coordinator on a slasher horror movie about the budding porn industry (laughs) so it's yeah it's a lot how how did she go from that to this right I think so the director I think discovered that she also had a background in acting and made the recommendation that she audition for the role of Ruth, who is Pearl's mom, and Mm -hmm. she nailed it. And so they kept her. And I think that's fucking ironic because the name intimacy coordinator is like so touchy feely and like emotional and sweet. And her freaking (laughs) character in this movie is like so intensely the opposite. She is not an intimate woman. She is anything but intimate. She's cold and hard and mean and cruel and scary and German. Because I looked, I I thought she was actually German. She speaks German in this movie and it sounds convincingly German. Oh, is she not German? I'm not German. She doesn't. No. So she's she's not even from, so she works in New Zealand and she used to do uh, soaps in New Zealand. But Ah. she's actually from Zambia. She's from uh, Zambia. So, wow. I know a worldly woman. Very much so. Yeah. But I think she, she grew, I think her parents were from New Zealand. So, but yeah, she wasn't like a major actress. She had some roles on some, some soaps and stuff, but yeah. holy mother of God, her performance in this movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Yes. Absolutely nuts. 
that's all I'm going to talk about the cast because we're going to go into what what each character does. And so you'll each character has a, a lot of things happen to them. So Yes. I mean, there's only five characters and they're all very complicated. And I feel mm-hmm. like I could talk for an hour about each one. About each one. Yeah. But so let's, it's, let's get into it, shall yeah. we? Let's talk about it. You guys can find out, although we've talked a lot about it already, so you kind of probably all know. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's go through the movie. All right. Let's talk about this movie and all of the stuff that happens in it. You guys, I, I hope you're buckled. Even if you've seen it, you should still buckle because this is a wild ride no matter how many times you see it. Buckle the fuck up. Buckle the fuck up. <laughs> Hang on to your butts. <laughs> What's that from, Ariana? Pop quiz. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Is it? Is it from some Nickelodeon show? No. Okay, then I don't know. Jurassic Park, babe. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> ah, I, an icon. No one else watches Jurassic Park three times a year? Just me? No, just you? Just All right. None of the other ones either. Just the first one three times a year. Oh, man, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. It's scary. I lo- I was obsessed with it. That's whenever I became obsessed with dinosaurs. I was one of those kids. Dinosaurs are fucking awesome. That's why. Yeah, they are. I was I was correct and everyone else was wrong. Anyway, <laughs> we're not here to talk about dinosaurs, unfortunately. All right. But we are here to talk about Pearl. Let's go. Hold on to your butts, kids. Hold on to your butts. The year is 1918. We are amidst a pandemic. The Spanish influenza pandemic, that is. <laughs> it is so... I, I cannot imagine how stressful it would be you would just have to completely be out of body and fully into your character to, because they these people are quarantined in New Zealand filming this movie about like set in a pandemic. Not really yeah. about the pandemic, but the pandemic is a major piece of the story. Yeah. And meanwhile, all the actors and cast and crew, all of their families are like, there's no vaccine when they're filming this. Can you imagine how stressful? Yeah. Remember back when there was no vaccine and we were all like terrified to do anything? That's just crazy to me. I like vomited every single day. Yeah, it was very stressful. Fuck that. I just can't believe people didn't want to get the vaccine. Whatever. We're, this isn't even. a political. <laughs> Let's not get political. It's fine. It's Ooh. fine. Um, yeah. So we meet Pearl, a young woman living with her parents who are immigrants from Germany. Her husband, mm-hmm. Howard, is gone fighting World War One. Mm-hmm. Pearl's father is paralyzed in a wheelchair. Pearl's mother, Ruth, is a very domineering Um, woman and insists that Pearl helps with the family and helps take care of her father. So that's kind of the vibe. Yeah, that's the vibe. I I would say Pearl is probably like, God, age is so hard to guess whenever it's a period piece. Oh, I know. I thought she was a lot younger until she said she was married. And I was like, oh, I guess you're supposed to be an older character. I don't know. Yes, because, you know, and and I think that's true to the, and one of the things I'll go ahead and point out, one of the things I love, the first thing I love is Mia Goth. We'll get there. Um, The second thing I love is that this movie is visually perfect and I'll hit up all the different reasons in time. But one of the biggest ones was costuming and makeup because the costuming and makeup uh, is so spot on mm-hmm. not just in being realistic because this movie's goal is not to be a realistic period piece it is very bright it's very technicolor yep it is very surreal it's like a surreal imagery in a very dire setting yeah fever dream wizard yes. of oz wizard Amazing. of oz but also spanish influenza and like walking into town and having to bike all the way to town to get your dad's medicine, which is opium. It's just like morphine. It's morphine. (laughs) That was the only medicine that existed back in the day, as we know from our trip to that historical 
haunted pharmacy museum yes. that we went to. It's like, here's all the opium we had. And it's like, oh, okay, where's everything else? All of it. And then it, I think it was like they would use cocaine. And then when they thought, when they realized that cocaine was becoming addictive, uh, they switched to heroin. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so guys, uh, quick tangent for New Orleans. Uh, Ariana and I, on the others episode, we talk exclusively. I mean, no, not exclusively. Ariana and I on the other extensively episode, talk extensively about a museum that you should not go to, which I'm not going to mention anymore. Uh, I just want the museum of death. Don't go. Um, Don't do it. There's a museum right down the street that is fabulous. And that is the pharmacy museum. If you are ever in new Orleans go. And if you have a student ID, bring it, you get a discount. Yeah. I could have, I could have stayed in that museum way long. They, they were closing by the time we left. I could have stayed forever. Fully haunted. It is amazing. There's a courtyard with lemon trees. It's cute. Yes. And it's like fully like all, all of these artifacts. You know, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into it. But Ariana's right that that um, they use morphine and heroin and opium for everything. Like yeah. what all, what are they treating this guy with? Like, why, what are they treating him for? Just like, take your, take your medicine, you catatonic guy. I know. I'm like, is he in pain? I feel bad. He or are they just like, this will or... help maybe. I think it's more like this will help maybe. Because if you also, Ariana and I, I took a picture of this, but they had all these display items at the museum that would have been around this same time, which is why we're bringing it up. These Because the museum's from like 1910, or yeah. I think it's from the 1800s, but they had tampons that were infused with opium. Wow, I forgot about that. I did not, because holy shit, sign me the fuck up. Wow, that sounds great, yeah. I told you about how girls in my high school used to do that with vodka. That's terrible, oh my god, that's so dangerous. That sounds like your vagina would hurt. Yeah. That sounds like, terrible. I don't, that's so caustic versus like, if you give me some pain control, I don't think quite it works. Well, I guess it would get to your uterus. I don't know. Anyway, it's not a great idea. Not a great idea to just be shoving opium <laughs> yeah, up your don't underwear. Don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Don't do it. Don't do it. It has been discontinued for a good reason. Um, but yeah, they like the medicine, her father is catatonic um, kind of. He's paraplegic. Yes. But he can still eat, but he can't talk. He can barely eat. He has to be fed. He can swallow. He can swallow. He can yeah. blink. He Otherwise, he can't really he can move grunt. his face. Yes. He can grunt sometimes. I think it takes a lot of effort for him to grunt. But otherwise, he has no control of his body. And I can't believe that on a farm that they haven't killed him but oh I my god <laughs> they don't I'm just sorry. people on farms Kate. i'm sorry okay it's like <laughs> 1912 or 1918 there's an epidemic like they're food that doesn't is mean so they don't... limited but <laughs> i don't know Christ. food is so limited and he's like look he doesn't Ariana, need that much if... he doesn't use that much energy he doesn't move so he doesn't that's use that much terrible. energy. That's You're the Ariana. one who said they should kill him <laughs> I, yes as we, okay listen if i am ever in the state that Pearl's daddy is, you have my full permission to kill me. Damn, Kate. <laughs> if, I, if I'm just like a, a brain and a paralyzed body. I agree with you, but I feel like some people have like siblings that are paraplegic as well. And it's, you know, it's my question is, how did he get this way? Is this something? Because like, I thought they were going to explain it the whole time. I'm like, did she do this to him? Or was this the Spanish flu complication? Or did he go to war? 
Like, I feel like they hinted at it, but they never said. Well, it, they never say it. And it's like, it's 1918. It could be a billion different things. Like, could be polio. I know. I wanted them to explain it. Yeah. Because I think at some point she implied that this was secondary to some sickness he had. Mm-hmm. But I wanted them to explain it more. Or I wanted Pearl to be involved in how it happened. I was waiting for that, too. No, because Pearl loves her dad. No, I know. But does she? Because she definitely tortures him a couple times. Pearl is troubled. Um, Yes. (laughs) Let me just clarify real fast, uh, because now I feel bad about saying that we should euthanize. To be clear. No, no. To be clear, I stand by what I said with I would want to be euthanized if I was Pearl's dad. And I'm not saying euthanize all the paraplegic. That's not what I meant. This guy (laughs) literally can't move. He can't like he had he can't swallow. And it's 1918 on a rural farm in Texas. They put him in a chair and he just sits there all day in his own filth. No, I agree. I think it's it's hard. Like, I agree with you, Kate. I think it's um, something that you don't I guess you can't comprehend until you're in the situation, but I do agree with you. I think it's something that I think that if it were me, I probably would have the same feelings about it as you, but you can't communicate them because you can't speak. I know. That's why it's important to have a living will for sure. It's important to have a living will. Yeah. And also thank God. Now we have ways of communicating with people. (laughs) Like it's a little bit easier to get, to get by. They, I mean, what, who was that? Stephen Hawking? Like he has the same, like, didn't he have MS or something to the point where, yep. That yeah, maybe dad has MS. Maybe it could have been MS. Yeah, that's true. Let's get back to the movie. So Pearl's whole thing is that she wants a more exciting life. She expire, She aspires to be a chorus girl and loves to go to the local cinema. And as me and Kate have talked about, this movie is very old Hollywood theatrical, mm-hmm. over the top lines, loud, swelling musical score. The transitions too. The transitions do like the zoom in, zoom out. Like it's very, very much of that time's transitions. Yes. It's very much like they even use the same font as Wizard of Oz, I think. Yes, they do. It's it's all told from her point of view. And as we learn more and more about her, she's extremely theatrical and unrealistic. And I feel like this movie's vibe reflects her vibe because that's how she sees the world, which I think is extremely cool because it, it basically just puts you right in her head from minute one. Yes. And there's a lot of like, it's like I mentioned technicolor, like everything is very bright and deeply saturated and colored, which would not be accurate for 1918, which is not the point. Like that, it's like, there's like piping that's bright pink in town, and um, that wouldn't have oh, been yeah, the case. Right. That wouldn't have been the case because right. they were rationing fucking everything for the war. Yeah. And a pandemic. Can you imagine, Kate, if we were in a world war right now and also in the pandemic? That would be fucking crazy. Are we not in a world war? We're not in World War Three. Not yet. <laughs> definitively. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Crazy, though. Crazy what these it people crazy, but were going be, through. But That would be so stressful and and to live on a farm with like nothing (laughs) i mean i think i would prefer to live on a farm during a pandemic like i understand like the parents being um oppressed not the father but the mom being oppressive and it being difficult to take care of the father but i think i would like to be a little bit isolated and just like live with animals no i think i would like that i always dream about having a little bit of like farm vibes when I'm older I want like chickens and goats and stuff that would be my vibe I think I would like that but anyway so she doesn't like it though I don't want to wake up at five in the morning to like 
help of sheep give birth. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, do that's what you call the vet for. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's right. That's what you call our, our, our colleagues. The vet. Like, we don't do yeah. that. <laughs> As you can imagine, Pearl's strict German immigrant mother strongly disapproves of the way she flaunts around shirking her responsibilities and talking incessantly about leaving the farm to be in the movies. So there's yeah. a little bit of conflict there and that's established early. The mom's like this first generation German immigrant during World War One. And it kind of seems like she has she's like very much still on the side of Germany during this war because mm. she makes a comment when the then they're listening to the radio and she's like, I don't want to hear about any more dead Germans. I heard about that, thought about that, too. But isn't World War Two is the one where the Germany was the Holocaust one with the really yeah, bad but Germany, Germany was still involved in World War One. Yeah, yeah, heavily. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like Holocaust vibes, but it was like still they weren't on the, the American side of the war. It was still Holocaust vibes. It wasn't like concentration camps, but it was definitely it was gearing up for a Holocaust towards mm. Jewish and homosexual people. I didn't know that. OK, I'm bad at American history. I didn't know that was a thing in World War One. Well, it's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing. But uh, I, and whenever she says the Germany bit, it, she could also just mean like they still have family back there. And she doesn't yeah. want civilians being bombed. So I'm not saying that, but mm, she doesn't strike me as an empathetic person. Yeah, I think it's hard when you're an immigrant from like, imagine like you and me were like, fuck America. And we moved to Canada and then like Canada and America were like in At a war. very huge war. And you're like living in Canada, but you're American. I feel like it'd be hard to take, you know, which side. So I could see why yeah. she's conflicted. conflicted. Or, yeah. yeah. And she's also very, very resentful of Pearl resentful of her husband because she has had such a terrible upbringing as you can imagine and such a terrible horrible life she, I don't think she's had an ounce of fun in her entire life and yeah. that's become her sense of person is keeping things running and she's very resentful whenever Pearl wants to borrow her dress and put on her dress and like spin around in the mirror like that is frivolous because there yeah. are animals that could be tended to we don't have enough food for to feed our cows. We don't have enough food for our livestock. So they're dying, but you went out and got some candy. Yeah. You're not going to get your dinner. And is she yeah. too harsh? Oh my God. Yes. Is she not, is she a good mom? No, no, she's not a good mom, but you, yeah, it's, I think it's just a testament to the writing that she is still a three dimensional character and you do still have some sympathy for her, even though you are not rooting for her. I feel like this is a very, very common trope in most a lot of movies let alone horror movies but where the mom is resentful of the younger um generation mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons and she has mm -hmm. a lot of regrets but they take it even deeper because it's like okay she's german she's an immigrant it's there's a pandemic like she has a husband who's paraplegic um very suddenly so it's it's definitely she is an empathetic character to some degree and that's why it's so hard because all these characters are so complex you feel for all of them you do especially dad I feel yeah. so bad for the dad. I know this poor guy. I mean, it's definitely a, a source of anxiety the entire movie. It's like, it oh, my God, what is she going to do to this guy? Because he can't fucking move. And she's obviously crazy. So I'll tell you a little bit more about Pearl because I feel like it's important to understand her vibe. But yes. So one second, she's theatrically dancing around the stable while music swells. And she's wistfully telling the animals how she's going to be famous one day. And she'll show I'm her gonna mom. I'm going to be a star. Yeah, basically, like word for word, she says that multiple times. Like it's basically every <laughs> every line from every movie that's similar to that, just packed into like one 15 minute 
monologue about how she's going to be famous one day. I'm going to make it out there. They're all going to be sorry. Just exactly. fantasizing. Yeah. Literally. Like performing in front of her animals and the and in front of her animals. And then she's doing that one minute. And the next she's murdering a duck with a pitchfork and feeding it to an alligator. Oh, my God. It's so abrupt because you're almost rooting for her. Because you're like, oh, because she's coming off like she's naive and young. Mm -hmm. And then she literally turns around and fucking murders a duck. Kebabs a goose. Yeah. I have a a text message that I sent to Emma that her response just cracked me up. (laughs) Uh, Because I was I called her on the phone. and I was trying to convince her. I I was being honest. I was like, these are the pros and cons of this movie. This is what you're getting into. And she's like, I absolutely not. And then I'm watching the movie and I text her within six minutes. I go, she immediately kebobbed a goose. And Emma just responds, <laughs> no, period. <laughs> no. That's where we draw the line. You can't. Does the duck die.com. Does we the need duck to know. Die. Com. Um, and to be clear, I think that that's the only animal that dies in this movie. Uh, yeah. And it's off screen. You're right. She doesn't. They don't show her doing that. They yes. they show her doing that later to people, but not to the animal, which we appreciate. And that's also in my list of things we love. I have what they show, which I find very brave. Some of the things that they decide to show um, and yes. very ambitious and then what they don't show. And I'll give another and it's example. Tasteful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like me and Kate want to see cool deaths but we don't want to see a duck die yeah we don't want to see a realistic (laughs) goose get hurt like that's not fun i think that that's what keeps this movie fun Mm -hmm. yeah she kebabs the goose and then she goes out to the pond behind her house which has an alligator in it which is relevant to x oh is it x takes place at this farm yeah i knew that but i didn't know the alley there's i guess a different alligator Living yeah, there. Alligators don't live quite that long. Um, <laughs> this is the alligator's grand, grandchild. Yeah, well, she, she shows that there's there's eggs. Yep. She finds alligator eggs. It's a so reproductive it's alligator. Like, it's like the granddaughter or something yeah. of the alligator. But yeah, uh, this this was also a great scene was watching her feed the goose to the alligator. Um, and that's another thing that I put on my things I love was just alligator because there's a lot of alligator. Yeah. And she named it. Its name is Theta or something like Theta. that. And she Theta, calls yeah. it and it comes to her and she feeds it and it's cute. They have a relationship. Yeah. Like on one end, you're like, okay, she loves animals and she wants to have a relationship with them. But then one minute later, she's killing a duck. So it's just very, very complex. Her brain, she loves. I think she can experience love, but she also doesn't experience feelings when she's supposed to experience feelings. It's like she sorts out. It's like she creates her own reality in her brain. Yeah, I agree. I think she wants the idealistic version of love. And if she can't get that, then she throws a fit. Yes. That's what I think. So, yeah. Anyway, one day Pearl goes into town to get more medicine, quote unquote, which is morphine for her father. And while she's in town, she stops at a local cinema to watch a show um, and in it, in the theater, everyone around her is wearing cloth masks and coughing and it's all very meta. And we appreciate that. We do appreciate that. Honestly, we do. <laughs> it's so funny. You're watching a movie during a pandemic it's about a girl watching a movie during a pandemic. And it's like, all right, I, I was get watching it. this in a theater yeah. wearing a mask. It's crazy. It's hilarious. And I was like, holy shit. History does repeat itself. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, apparently we're supposed to have a pandemic every hundred years. That's what yeah, I, know. I saw online. That's crazy. Man, that's how it works. Irises are nuts. Um, okay. So she's sitting in a theater 
drinking her father's morphine, casually getting high on morphine, which I'm like, okay, this girl parties. All right. This girl parties. (laughs) (laughs) On her way out, she lingers in an alley next to the theater and a young man who works projector in the theater comes out into the alley to smoke and he strikes up a conversation with her and he offers her a cigarette and tells her to come back anytime to watch a free movie. And he's kind of flirty and she's kind of flirty. And then he gives her a clipping of the film strip of the movie she just saw. And she's like super stoked about it. She's like, Oh, sweet. Thanks. I would be too. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So she's on her bike ride back home and the film strip flies out of her pocket and she panics and she stops her bike and um, she goes into a cornfield to find it, which I'm like, bitch, you're never going to find this, but all right. And here's the corn horror part. We're all here for it. We need a scene that involves corn. There's like multiple scenes that involves corn in this movie, but this is the first one and we love it. Yes. Um, So she's walking in a cornfield. She gets turned around. She eventually finds herself in a clearing And there's a creepy scarecrow mounted up on this, um, this wooden, I don't know, what would you call it? Scarecrow holder. A scarecrow holder. (laughs) (laughs) So you see this and she. Again, Wizard of Oz vibes until it's not. Yes, exactly. We're like, okay, scarecrow. And the scarecrow has like a creepy fucking face. Really creepy. But this bitch fearlessly climbs up to the scarecrow. You're like, what is she going to do? She asks it to dance with her then throws it to the ground and then waltzes around with the scarecrow while theatrical music plays. Just full delusion. At the end of the dance, she fully makes out with the scarecrow, like with tongue for a long ass time. And when she opens her eyes, she has imagined that the scarecrow is the projectionist she's met. And then she throws the head though, just the head. It's so fucking crazy. And she throws the scarecrow to the ground and she screams hysterically loud at it. I am married to the scarecrow. And then wait for it. She proceeds to dry hump the scarecrow until she orgasms. Oh my God. She is a vibe. I am obsessed with this scene for so many reasons. Me too. This might be my favorite scene in the movie. Ooh. For a lot of reasons. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Tell me. Because in every horror movie, Every corn horror movie, there's a scene with a girl in a cornfield. And it's always like something bad's about to happen to this girl. And she's wandering around and she's lost. And someone's about to fucking axe murder her. Or she's just lost. And it's horrible. She's never in control in the corn. Exactly. So she comes into a clearing. There's a creepy ass fucking scarecrow. You're like, what the fuck's going to happen? Yeah. And then this bitch does just some psycho shit and she just like (laughs) is so fucking crazy that it just completely rewires what you're expecting as a viewer watching a horror movie because you've seen so many scenes where this girl gets fucking murdered in a cornfield and then as a viewer you realize oh wait the scary person in this movie is the woman is pearl and you kind of understand why she's doing what she's doing but not really and it's just like makes you question everything you thought you knew and i love it I love it. Yeah. And the whole scene, it's like, you again, you're like, what are you going to do? This whole movie, it's like the suspense and the cinematography and what they linger on. It's like, what's she going to do? Because yes. she is bonkers. And you, if yes. you, th- you you might be able to guess a, a couple times, but not every time. And I did not guess this one. So, yeah, I yeah. thought that this scene was totally original. I loved how um, in control Pearl was. It was yep. like, because at home on the farm, she's not. So yep. this was like her place to be in control. Um, it was really disturbing, but also like 
kind of erotic. Mia Goth is like hot. Like <laughs> Case like, I love this scene. <laughs> I love this. So hot. To be clear, it is not hot, but like Mia Goth is hot. So yes. Yeah. Yes. At first I thought when I saw this, I couldn't tell if she was pretending to have an orgasm for like the theatrical side of things, or if she was fully having one. And then when I was like reviewing the summary to prepare for this, I was like, oh, I guess the implication is that she fully had an orgasm, which is like even more fucking crazy. I think this movie is awesome because it takes things that you're expecting and turns it on its on its head completely. And it's, yeah. it's awesome because you get to experience the trope, but it goes deeper and it fucking does a 180 and you're like, holy yes. shit. It's great. It's like it uses a lot of different types of horror. It's like there's visual horror. There's like like the dialogue is its own type of horror. Um, yeah. And then it's just all sorts of different types so of the suspense horror, the very up close graphic horror. Impressed. Just very impressed oh, with the scene. So good. And then so she good. takes the, the, the scarecrow. The scarecrow is wearing a top hat and she just fucking oh, takes yeah. that top hat puts it on and bikes on home and fucking leaves like oh i found a hat like leaves them on the ground bye just takes yeah so fucking thank you for weird your services and, and careless i think yes. too it yes. makes it shows you that she like f fucking takes the scarecrow down and just like leaves it on the ground and like doesn't give a fuck that like now whoever put the scarecrow up is screwed like it's just mm -mm. carelessness and like foolishness and like sociopath, sociopath. vibes it's just it's great so it's great so she gets home, she bikes the rest of the way home, and her mom asks why there are eight cents missing from the money she lent her, and she says she got candy on the way home, which is a lie. She used the eight cents to see a movie, but she doesn't tell her mom that. And then mm -hmm. her mom says, well, if you got candy on the way home, then you're not hungry, and she doesn't feed her yeah. supper. So then we get the idea that like her mom is like fucking <laughs> sticking to her shit and yeah. all about you know teaching her a lesson. Like, don't fucking lie to me because mm -hmm. you're going to have consequences. So, And at this point, like, I don't think that that is good parenting. But well, at yeah. the same time, I didn't live through the Great Depression. But I can tell you, my grandmother um, lived in England during World War II. And I remember her telling me about she had they, they had dinner and it was a piece of a cut of meat and it had fat in it. And she didn't want to eat the fat. And so she left it on her plate and her parent was like, you have to eat that fat. And she's like, I really don't want to. And she got like hit across the face. Oh, fuck. It was like, that's how things were so rationed and food yeah. was so scarce. And there were so many people that didn't have any. And they were having to ration so much also to go to the military that it's like every single calorie that you can get is important. Which yeah. is also why I'm like, I cannot believe they are keeping this dad alive because on a farm, if you are not contributing in some way, then you are a waste of resources on this farm. <laughs> and I, with the wife, with the mom having the mindset that she does, I cannot believe. I think she just loves her husband so much that she just can't. But she's yeah. so hard on Pearl. Yeah. Well, she's also, I mean, he's a man. She's a woman. Like, I don't know. Like, he's still the head of the household or whatever they used to how? think. Because that's just how they were raised. Like, I mean, that's mm. just they're, the way they thought about things. I mean, to some extent, I do hear you about, like, the farm mentality, but I don't know if it goes to that extent. I guess not. Obviously not, because they keep him alive. So and he's, just, <laughs> he's just witnessing all of it. That's another thing that's another, it's like a type of horror that you don't see in many horror movies. 
and I wrote this down because it applies to a lot of the characters, but good acting is reacting. Yep. So like, I hate, if you look up, if you go on YouTube and you're like top best acting scenes of all time, you're going to get a list of Daniel Day Lewis and, um, like John Malkovich and like, or just like fucking Harry Styles, just any dude (laughs) like overreacting, like blowing up, like screaming and shaking and being psycho. And that's not that hard to do in my opinion. Uh, not the way they do it. Uh, but reacting, watching this dad not be able to move anything, but like a little bit of his eyes. Yep. And it still translates. Watching everything that happens, it adds a se- it adds a, a layer of horror to the scene mm-hmm. that makes it even no. worse. Yeah. Just helpless. Just completely helpless watching. Yeah. And I mean, you as the viewer know what Pearl is capable of. So the whole time you're like, Jesus Christ, what's she going to do to this guy? I think he knows what Pearl is capable of. I agree. He's scared of her a lot of the time. Yeah. There's that scene where she's taking a bath um, yep. And she has to keep the dad there because like the dad, she has to bathe the dad. And then she kind of uses the same hot water. Hot water is scarce. Um, they have to like boil it and shit. And she uses the same hot water and she's like in the tub and she just reaches out and grabs her dad's arm and just pinches it like really, really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like then she like pokes his face. It's yeah. very weird. She's it's very like, weird. Yeah. Fucking but then she him. also communicates how deeply she loves him, even when she's not around him. It's just a lot. So he is yeah. very much aware of the things at least some of the things she's done and he's he's probably witnessed a lot more than mom has and he's terrified of her and even the mom says yeah she's witnessed a lot of bad things that she does when she thinks no one's watching yeah that's that's we were gonna get there to that big old scene so yeah i mean that's where we're at it's kind of creepy it's kind of it's kind of a suspenseful state that we're in so the next scene is that Uh, They're visited by Pearl's mother and sister-in-law. So Mm -hmm. her husband, who's at war, his sister and his mother stop by. And her mother-in-law brings a roast pig for her mother. And her mom, Ruth, refuses it because she sees it as charity and leaves it on the porch. Which, in my opinion, I feel like is goes against her character going up to this point. But also makes me feel like this is a very huge negative for the mom mm-hmm. because you're lashing out at your daughter. You're for taking away her. Yeah. For being wasteful and you're taking away her dinner, but you're not going to, you're too proud to take an entire roast pig from your family because they're technically family yeah. now. It's just, it's, it's a very big negative and it makes me feel mm-hmm. like her mom has more resent full issues for her own personal gain and not yes. because she's a logical person. Yes. This is the this is the moment that I'm like, I get that you're a hard ass, but that's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Because that's their pig. That's their pig. They gave it up for They you. raised on their farm that they fed, they killed, and they cooked for them. Yeah. Like, that is... And I know that they're, they're obviously much more affluent than Pearl's family on the farm. But like, Jesus Christ, like a, a whole ass pig yeah. in 1918... Yeah. And also, if you were really like a kind person and you were like, oh, no, like, I I don't feel like I'm worth this or whatever. Yeah. Don't leave it on the porch. Like, give it back. Like, be like, I insist you take this home and you eat it or something like that. But don't just like literally the rest of the movie. This pig is just rotting on their porch and it's just full of maggots and it's just very wasteful. And it makes you feel like this mother is just callous and proud and it's just very negative for the mom at this point yeah 
It's like maybe it's not actually about being. It's probably wasteful. yeah. It's, it's maybe, not. Maybe it's your own issues. It's your yeah. It's your jealousy issues. Maybe you're the problem, mom. Maybe you're the. <laughs> <laughs> Just the yes. Butt. Yeah. So then we meet Mitzi, who I'm curious to see how you feel about her, Kate. But she's a she's the sister-in-law of Pearl. So she's Howard, Pearl's husband's sister. So she comes in. She's a pretty blonde girl. You can tell that she and Pearl are maybe close friends. Like you can tell like Pearl likes her like genuinely. And you can tell that Mitzi very much wants to be close to Pearl. So she tells Pearl about an audition for a traveling dance troupe, which Pearl is obviously losing her mind about because she's like, this is my big break. I need to do this because this is how I get famous. And that night Pearl sneaks out of the house and bikes into town to see the projectionist. So this guy that she had met previously, um, and she wants to have a conversation with him and suss it out about her pursuing these dreams of becoming a dancer. Like, should I go to the audition? Whatever. So she's talking to him. Um, and she, he had, he had made a comment like, Oh yeah. Like earlier he was like, Oh yeah, you, you'd be, you're, you're pretty enough to be one of those folly girls dancing on screen. You could do it and kind of gassing her up. Yeah, which is annoying to me because I'm confused because like, yes, Mia Goth is like attractive, but she's definitely not attractive in a traditional sense to the point where like a man that wasn't trying to get something from her would like overtly say that to her. He's absolutely trying to get something from her. Yeah. Is he? Yes, I agree. This turned sour pretty fast. This turned sinister. Do you feel like she's meant to be beautiful in this movie or do you feel like she's meant to be plain looking? I think she's meant to be plain. Okay, I agree. Like, I she, agree. They do, and that's another thing with the makeup. Like they do not give her an ounce of makeup. Right. They have her hair like very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's tied back in a braid. It's very practical. Like she has yeah. practical farm hair. She's wearing overalls that are just baggy yeah. overalls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and 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 the scarecrow hat. I do not think that they're trying to make her pretty. Okay, good, good. Because when he says that, I'm like, I don't. I because up to that point, I did think that she was meant to be plain looking, and then when he said, "Oh, you're pretty enough to do this," I was like. Is she meant to be pretty or is this the vibe that he's like saying something to try to get something from her? And then we find out it's because he's trying to get something from her. So mm-hmm. turns out every guy, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so she goes to visit him at night. She says she can't leave her home and do what she wants and travel and be a star until her family is dead because she has to take care of them. And he is kind of like trying to help her process this. But then he asks her if she wants to see a movie no one's ever seen before, which we all know is going to be fucking porn. Like the second he said that, I was like, okay, so we're going to watch porn now. All right, got it. Um, turns out to be porn. It's porn. Like old porn. Yeah, which this is like a real, this is a real film. Did you know that, Kate? I looked it up. I looked yep. it up because I was like, did they like, because if they, I was wondering if they had made this made it. fake fake vintage porn because it it looked so effective with how like grainy. Right. It, it looks real. Like, it's really hard to fake that these days. But I was like, holy shit, did they make this? No, that's actually the first pornographic film. One of the first ever documented porn movies. Yes. It's called Free Ride. It has a name. <laughs> it's called Free Ride and it's French and of it's real. Of course it's French. Fucking French people. Fucking French people. Cause that's like, that's his whole thing. It's he's like, Oh, look at all this world out there. Like I'm a bohemian guy. Like I, I, yeah. you know, fly by the seat of my pants. I don't have he's a place full, to live. I yeah, sleep he's where full I of want. shit. He's yeah, full of shit. Sure. And then yeah. he's like, I'm going to take you to Europe and you're going to be like, you're going to be famous. You're going to be, you can be in movies like this. 
Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like you don't advertise to a girl who wants to be a star to be a porn star. Like that's just trash move right there. That's yeah. <laughs> that's taking advantage of a vulnerable and naive girl. Yes. Yes, exactly. She's wearing overalls and a top hat that she took from a scarecrow that she humped to death. So like, that's <laughs> clearly not why she's there, bro. Yeah, exactly. She's a little bit. I think he gets vibes that she's a little bit off and yet he still pursues her, which is what makes me feel like he deserves what he gets anyway. <laughs> you really think so? Um... We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a 100 percent sympathetic character. I don't think no. I'm 100 percent on board with who he is as a person and what he's done. So I think I no. suspected what was going to happen. Um, and you guys probably all can guess what's going to happen. But anyway, he's never he's never cruel to Pearl, but he is right. manipulative. He's manipulative. But it's like it's like the it's the maximum amount of dismissiveness and manipulation that he could have done and still been a normal guy yeah, for uh -huh. what was going on. So, I mean, it's it's what you expect, I think. Um, yeah. It's just that Pearl loses her shit about it, um, yeah. which obviously we know she's going to. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, my buddy boy. Yeah. <laughs> So the next day at dinner, Ruth, Pearl's mother, finds a program from the movie theater and they have a violent argument and Pearl mm -hmm. ends up pushing her mom backward and Ruth's dress catches on fire from the fireplace. Oh, shit. And Ruth puts out the fire with corn water. <laughs> with hot <laughs> boiling corn water. Which I did not even realize until we were talking about the corn before. I was like, I guess there's corn in other scenes too. And then I'm like, oh my God, she it put out water. her mom on fire with like hot boiling corn water. So like yes. she sort of helped, but not really. Um, but Ruth apparently still suffers life-threatening burns. And instead of getting yeah, her immediate... Yeah, like third degree burns yeah. like everywhere. And all over her face. Yeah. And chest. Burns, while not immediately, like, life-threatening, if you don't, you know, slam fluids into them, obviously, you start third spacing and then you die. So Explain what third spacing is. Yeah, so... Um, I'm not really sure the pathophys behind exactly why it happens, but when you have severe burns, your need for fluid resuscitation is very suddenly increased, like such that she probably in the ambulance would have had an IV like opened up and just had like a liter of fluid slammed like before she even got to the hospital. Yes. I'm looking it up now. Something with the albumin, right? Yes, you're right. So yeah, I'm looking it up now because we did talk about this in, in vet school, but like third spacing has always been kind of like... And then this happens and this is how you react to it. But I don't actually know like the mechanism. So it says the capillary leaks from the burn produces a lot of edema as well as the third spacing, which is where a lot of fluid and protein shifts from the vascular to the interstitial space. Wait, we already knew that. But why? <laughs> we already knew that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's maybe just like a very severe inflammatory response because of the amount of edema. Yeah, I don't I don't really know, but basically what happens is due to decreased oncotic pressure in the intravascular uh, space. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So I guess your albumin maybe follows and then that's how you don't have a normal yes. amount of albumin in your bloodstream and so you start yes, leaking so fluid. Okay, that makes yes. sense. So that makes sense. Yeah. So basically she suffers life threatening burns and instead of 
her, she doesn't die immediately, but instead of she's Pearl suffering miserably, yeah, helping, it's hard to watch, getting her medical gasping. attention. Yeah, she basically just like drags her mom into the basement and just like leaves her there. She like rolls her down the stairs. She like throws her down the stairs, basically. Yeah. And burns um, are extremely painful. Yeah. Then these burns are devastating. Yeah, really fucked up. I mean, the whole time you're watching this and you really don't like the mom character. So, you know, out of all of the kills and the ways that people die, I think I'm at least okay that this was like the one that probably was the least liked. But it -hmm. definitely is really hard to watch. No one really deserves that. But she basically just lets her like suffer and slowly die in the basement. Mm -hmm. While dad watches. Yeah, her poor father who just witnessed this whole scene and is already probably scared of Pearl is now extra scared of her because she's losing her shit. And she ends up leaving her father sitting at the kitchen table. Like she doesn't do anything different. She just like, like pieces out and bikes back into town to see the projectionist again. And then she has sex with him with her father still at the table, like being unattended to and her mom dying in the basement. Jesus Christ. Very fucked up. Very fucked up. So in the morning, the projectionist drives Pearl back to her farm so she can get ready for the audition. So now it's like the day of the audition. Yes. And there's a lot writing on this audition at this point. Yeah. Because Pearl has basically said, fuck the farm. Yeah. I'm not waiting for you guys to die. Yeah. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want because I'm going to go ace this audition for like the church follies tour group or whatever yeah this like so she's all in yeah she She is is all in she is all in she is like really stoked she wakes up at the projectionist's bed and is like i need to go back and practice so he drives her back to the farm so she can get ready but when he gets there he's confused and disgusted by the roast pig that's still on the porch and now covered in maggots Mm -hmm. um and so that's the first thing he sees and then She invites him in and basically introduces him to her dad in like a very like childish theatrical way. Um, But her dad's also like been sitting there like without having care, you know, for the last 12 hours. And so she just kind of ignores her dad and pretends like everything's fine and introduces her dad to this guy. It's very clear from any outsider that this is not fine. It's yeah, it's very very weird and he starts getting confused and freaked out and so he tries to leave the farm and go back to the city but pearl becomes hysterical and starts yelling at him i think the the concern is that he starts getting a little creeped out and like you know he definitely was in it at least for the one night stand and like you could tell they had chemistry so like maybe he would have been in it for more like he did talk about like going to Europe with her blah 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 mm-hmm. but then when he saw all of this he was like deuces bitch is crazy yeah he's like all right well good luck practicing because he's you, like watching this guy slowly realize how feral pearl is <laughs> yeah like watching it dawn on him and then he's like how do i like extricate myself out of the situation yeah Yeah. and he he too he tries he's like oh look at the time i gotta go and she is not having it yeah why did you go cold on me what the fuck well that's the thing right and i think it's hard because you're so sympathetic towards both characters but at this point you're almost more sympathetic i don't know how you felt about it towards pearl because like there is also a moment i feel like in relationships when like someone turns cold on you and you're like 
I'm aware that this is happening and I want to ask them about it, but I don't want to make things worse. So you almost like don't bring it up. And I feel like she brings it up and she starts fucking screaming and freaking out and acting hysterical. And he's like backing away Mm -hmm. slowly. And you could tell he's still trying to be like polite and still trying to like Save. Well, yeah, because there's a feral woman in front of him. Yeah, but it it crosses a line to the point where it's like, okay, like he's never going to see her again. So like he just needs to get the fuck out of there. So he like he's trying. Yeah, so he just like turns around and goes to his car to leave. But then there's Pearl ready to stab him with a pitchfork, which she does multiple times, a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a good kill. Like stabs him in the chest with this pitchfork twice. Twice um, while he's in the car trying to like back up his little his little roadster. And then he's like bleeding everywhere, choking on blood, but still desperately trying to like drive away. Yeah. All of these deaths are like realistic. Very and realistic. They're not instant. Yeah. They actually die in a in a believable timeline. Yeah. Um, so he's like dying, dying, dying definitely dying get rolls out of the car and Pearl is there and she has a pitchfork and she drives it right into his face, into his throat. Yeah. The middle prong is like basically his mouth. through his mouth into his brainstem probably. So he's like Hopefully. instantly dead. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And then she's just like, okay. Then she loads, rolls him into his car, which I'm like, okay, this part I'm like, plot hole. did you no, pick him up? There's no way this little girl can pick up a dead man that weighs more than her and put him in a car. Mm. Absolutely that, not. that I don't, I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. She's got that farm strength. You know, <laughs> she's got that farm strength. Can, no one can lift someone heavier than them with no training. There's no way. Plus that's dead weight. Plus she puts him in the car. Like he's sitting, like he's driving. How did she get the car to the, to the lake? Like I have so many questions if he's in the driver's seat. I think she just pushed it. Oh my God. There's no way this girl is that strong. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, I mean, she just pushed it downhill into the lake and where the alligator is. And that's a great scene because you see the alligator coming up to his like dead body. And then she just goes, au revoir, Johnny. That was good shit. I like that yeah. one. It's all I like that. It's all for the show. That's just it's all for the show. She just lives in her own brain. Her life is a show. Everything's a moment. It's crazy. Yes. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, so now that guy's dead. So, yeah, we've got two kills under our belt two. now. Yes. So Pearl then comes back inside. She cleans up her father, who's been sitting in his own filth for 12 hours probably, and then takes a bath herself and then gets very dressed up and then theatrically... She looks great. Yeah, comes into the room and tells her father she loves him and then smothers him with a pillowcase. Oh, God. It's a it's an effective kill scene because of how they shoot it because of the absolute fear on the dad's face. Yeah, it's really sad. It's sad and it just it's just like sealing her fate entirely. She is like my time at this farm is done. No going back. Up to that point, only characters who had crossed her died. So like the yes. mom was like being a bitch all the time. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. So she dies and then the projectionist, you know, he was kind of being a dick. Yeah. I mean, okay. He crossed her. I don't think he was being a dick. I don't know if he was being a dick enough to deserve a pitchfork in the throat, but he definitely was being a dick at all. Well, I mean, you could like, he was being the leading her on. (laughs) He was leading her on and he was being, you know, the normal amount of manipulative that 
people can be, you know, to get in your pants or whatever. So sure. Okay. He maybe crossed her. Okay. So he dies, but this dad did nothing. So I feel like she is crossing a line by killing the dad. And I feel like that again, does seal her fate in regards Mm -hmm. to her being a cold blooded killer because he did nothing, this poor guy. And she tells him she loves him. And later she says she regrets that she did it. So I think this kill was the least forgivable, obviously, for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons, but definitely a change. Uh, it wasn't the least forgivable for me just because, I mean, it, it was awful, but um, like, what does this guy have to live for to be taken care of by her? You're right. You're right. I mean, house? I mean, I'm not saying he should, he deserves to live or he deserves to die or he should die or he's suffering or the whatever. The act of killing this man. I understand. Is- like, me and me yeah. and Kate are veterinarians in case people don't realize. And we spend oh, yeah. a lot of time rationalizing and making decisions about humane euthanasia and suffering. So hard decisions yeah. about humane euthanasia. And that's why me and Kate are very much like, we would not want to live this way. He's suffering. Like maybe this is something that is good in the long term that he was you not know. like that though. Not like with his daughter. And he and she dressed him in like his Sunday best. Yeah. Oh, it's fucked. My thing is like, if you have a bottle of morphine, I probably want to just be OD'd on morphine. I don't think that they know that you can OD on morphine. I guess you're right. They have no knowledge of anything. No. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a terrible death, I think. Um, And it's really sad to watch. So now we all are not on Pearl's side very much at this point, but... We're still slightly empathetic to her character, I think. And we're also like everything is building up to the audition. To the freaking audition for this like very small town dance troupe. It's like, Jesus Christ, why? <laughs> okay. Because what else do you have? I know. It's just crazy. She's just, she has banked this delusion on if yes. she gets this audition, everything will be better. She won't be on the farm anymore. Um, which you know good and well that she would have just left those animals to rot. You know what I mean? She would just left. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Oh, yeah. She was going to just leave him. Um, and then she thinks that this is going to make her be a star. She's going to yeah. become a Hollywood folly and dance in the pictures. Yeah. And that is entirely delusional, but so is Pearl. <laughs> so. Yes, very delusional. Well, she packs like multiple bags like she's leaving town. Like she could just leave on her bike. She thinks that she's got from it. From that audition, she gets the audition, she leaves. Like that's what she's thinking. She has a full mm-hmm suitcase packed. She's absolutely fucking bonkers. Like Jesus Christ. But so she shows up at the, the church where the audition is being held with her sister-in-law, who's very sweet. Yeah. Mitzi, the blonde girl, that's her husband's sister. Her sister-in-law is already in line to audition. So they're waiting and it's their turn next. And when it's Pearl's turn, she gives what she believes is her best dance performance. I like this performance a lot. I do too. I mean, it seems like it's very historically accurate in regards to like what kind of dancing they would be doing. Yeah, it was very, it was historically accurate. It was also like, as an audience member, uh, we know that watching Pearl do a couple of kicks and turns while someone plays the piano is not going to be very impressive. And there's a lot you know, writing on this audition in terms of suspense. So I was really impressed with how the directing, it's like, it starts like she's actually auditioning in this little church, but then it's like the church opens up to become this huge set. We have extras, we have the background of the war, backup dancers with like big rosy cheeks doing kicks. 
I don't know. It worked for me. It felt very much like these people watched a lot of movies of that time, like, you know, the yeah. jazz singer kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And it was effective and it made it entertaining and it made me feel what she was feeling. This just like yeah. euphoria. I'm doing so well. I'm crushing this. Everything's great. I'm I'm a star. Yeah. I think it's also very interesting that we saw this delusion and it was definitely through her eyes. Yes, a lot of them are. Yeah. And it's not something that is, you know, like I think I think she obviously thought she was doing extremely well. Um, and that's why we get to see this almost like idealistic portrayal of, you know, what yes. she thinks is it's looking like. But it's obviously not happening in real life. Yeah. So these judges are like, nah. Um, so they reject her. Um, and they tell her, of course, it's it's a very cringy scene. Like, I think I used the word cringy when I was watching this movie like 30 times. I was like, oh, cringe. Because, like, it's a, yeah, she's just so naive and, like, oh, my God. She is devastated when the judges reject her and she it just escalates. She's like, but why? And they're like, just leave. Don't make a scene. And she's like, tell me why. And they're like. Has a meltdown. She has a full meltdown. They tell her they're looking, they have a lot of girls like her, but they're looking for someone younger, blonder, and all-American, which is like such a fucking devastating blow. Because this whole time, I think she wanted to distance herself from the idea of her upbringing. And I think a big part of it is like her German heritage and wanting to assimilate more and become this Mm -hmm. all-American girl and them being like, you're not this. And you will never be this. Yeah, yeah. And your dream is not possible. Your dream that you banked everything on. Yeah, the thing that you murdered your family to do is not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. And also this younger idea, like the whole movie, she's trying to do this before she's too old. Like she's trying to not miss her Uh window. And turns out she's already too old. Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. like, we're looking for someone younger. And she's like, the fuck? Like literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just a clusterfuck. And it's such a hard scene to watch. And it's so cringy because, you know, she's just not right in the head and she just can't take rejection. And she's wailing, wailing, absolutely losing her shit outside the church. Like snot coming from the face. Like it's a it's a proper wail. It's just so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking. Yeah. Mitzi comes around the corner and meets her outside and decides to like accompany her home. Yeah, Mitzi. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about Kate. Like I can't decide if Mitzi's a, a, you know, Mitzi is a complex character too, I think, because I can't decide if she like truly is a good character or if she's just like very privileged and like sociable, if that makes sense. I think she's very privileged, but I think that she did not have to go out with her mother-in-law and bring one of their pigs to them. Yeah. Like that's, that is such a tremendous gesture at a time when food is so scarce that that alone. I also think it's, um, the fact that she like made her way over to Pearl to to invite her to this. Like she didn't have to invite her to this. Like she she found out about it. She could have just auditioned herself, but she like went out of the way to invite her sister-in-law, which goes to show, I guess she is a good person. Um, I like Mitzi. Yeah, I liked her too. And I think I wrote down in my notes, I was like, oh, I like this bitch. I hope she doesn't die. (laughs) Of course she dies. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. She dies being a great person. She's a fucking good person. She dies being a good person. And that's what fucking sucks. Yeah. And, and the, and, and the, and the pig, 
that hurt me too. And again, I, g- good acting is reacting in my opinion and watching Mitzi react as she, she brings Pearl home and on the porch is this rotten pig that they had brought days ago. And yeah. she's just, is that our pig? Like, can you imagine yeah. like, extending such a gesture and then you're, you're taking care of this person and you see that and you're like, yeah. what the fuck? But even then she sees past that and she's like, she's like, oh, yeah, she knows that something's wrong. Yeah, I agree. I think I think she is naive to who Pearl really is. I don't think they're close enough to have her know that Pearl is like a little bit off because she literally comes in and like the guy does not say out loud, like, what's this pig? You know, he just looks at it Mm -hmm. and kind of like looks away like, oh, okay. But then the girl is like, is that our pig? Like, she's just like very sincere, like, oh, yeah, something's up. I wonder why this is out here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's you're right. I think she's a good character. I liked her a lot. I think they did a really good writing, really good making a character that the audience could identify with and would kind of take our place in the story because we want to sympathize with Pearl, but mm-hmm. we are also a little bit scared of Pearl. So, yeah. Well, even like um, the mom, whenever you're talking about like, yeah, I don't think people quite understand how touched Pearl is. Yeah. The mom knows. Mom knows. Everything. Yeah. The mom. And, and that's where the there was that big fight that ended up with mom getting, uh, you know, cooked was. <laughs> the mom being like, you're not going to that play. I mean, you're not going to go to that audition because you're not right, Pearl. Yeah. Like, I'm not letting you out of my sight. I'm not letting you off this farm. I see what you do. Because yep. there, there was also a scene that I think we might have skipped where Pearl takes her dad in a wheelchair and almost feeds him to an alligator. It's so random and weird. It's so random. Because she's she just wants to mercy kill her dad and also be free of that bond be free of being stuck there and she can leave her mom but it's like who's going to take care of daddy right so but like the the mom saw that yeah and she Pearl's did like i'm just talking to daddy and the mom knows the mom fucking knows and she's like put him inside right now and yeah. she also mentioned like i i see what you do when you think no one's watching right yeah so mom is acutely aware and that's why she's extra strict i think extra strict yeah yeah so yeah i think she's kept a lid on pearl for a very long time which is why pearl is so stunted and why people are how she comes off as just kind of the sweet naive character yeah uh, and people just don't they don't understand what they're in for at all absolutely yeah i think it's really hard because her mom's trying to combat these things and stop them but i think she's obviously making them worse and that's the concern. But I mm-hmm. think it is a I think it's interesting that she does verbalize that she knows Pearl is off because that's like a yes. big reason. And it sucks because I think Pearl knows she's off, too. And she, you know, alludes to that fact the whole movie. She's like, I think something's wrong with me. I think something's wrong with me. And she's like very self-aware yeah. that it's there's not something normal going on and her tendencies yes. are not normal. So it's very interesting and complex, but I don't know. Um so now we get to this beautiful monologue. Speaking of yes. <laughs> Pearl's self-awareness and coming into her own knowledge about herself. But this yeah. monologue is legit 10 minutes long. 
It, it is. It's 10 minutes long because Mitzi comes in. Like, Mitzi could have just been like, okay, goodbye. But she's like, can I fetch your mom? Who's yeah. dead in the... Who's dead in the basement? Um, can I get you a glass of water? And then she like sits. She doesn't just leave her. She sits with her. She's right. like, what's eating you? Like, this clearly isn't just about the audition. What's going on? Is it about my brother, she your thinks, husband? Yeah, she thinks it's all about Howard because she does yeah. bring him up. She's like, tell me about this. Like, and I, I'm sure I would too. I would just assume like, oh, things are hard because your husband's at war and you haven't heard from him. Like, I'm sure mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. And mm -hmm. she assumes the best, but turns out it's not that. Um, well, it's mm -hmm. a little bit that, but uh, mostly other stuff. But basically they phrase this monologue as like, Mitzi's like, talk to me like you would be talking to Howard. Like, tell me what you would tell Howard if he were here. And so it basically starts off with um, Pearl's admission that she is resentful towards Howard for coming from a privileged background and even brings up the fact that she had a miscarriage with his child and she hated the idea of being a mother and she could feel it growing inside of her and she was relieved when she was miscarried, which is like, whoa, okay, that's fucked up, but yeah. all right. And then she confesses that she's been lonely, she's been insecure, and she's been taking joy in her acts of harm towards animals and people. And she's like starting to scare Mitzi, obviously. And then that transitioned to her fully confessing that she killed her parents and the projectionist who came over. All of this while she's talking, she's talking like, like she is speaking to Howard, not Mitzi. Right. Like she is emoting and like gesturing to Mitzi as if it's actually Howard. And you can see it's gone from like a mental health exercise to full-blown delusion. Full very delusion. Yeah. And she's crying and it's so beautifully acted and it's so crazy to watch. It's just like the best, one of the best scenes I've ever seen. Yes. In regards to acting, probably that I can even think of. Like. Agree. Yeah. So crazy. And I do not like monologues. I yeah. find monologues to be bad writing half of the time. <laughs> yeah. This was impressive. And this it was is and this is crazy. not my first time watching this 10 minute monologue. And, and, and it's all focused on Mia Goth. Yeah. It's not like a back and forth. No, it's just a framed shot of Mia Goth just spilling her guts yeah. to quote unquote Howard. Yeah. And explaining her motives and her deeper feelings and what's yeah. driving her. It's brilliant. What I love about this is I feel like there's always a villain monologue in movies, especially mm -hmm. horror movies. There's always a moment right before the villain dies or right before the villain is, you know, destroyed by the good guy where they go into this villainous monologue that makes you hate them more because mm -hmm. they're trying to get the audience to distance themselves from this person who's about to get taken down. Um, yeah. But this is the opposite. It like humanizes mm -hmm. her. It's the climax of the movie. It makes you so much more sympathetic to her and you understand her so much more. Um, and it's just like a fucking twist on what you're expecting. You're expecting to yeah. find more hatred for her. And it's just the opposite. Yeah. And it's fucking beautiful and crazy. And I, I like that it threw me off. I like when things surprise me. And this definitely surprised me. Yes. Couldn't have said it better myself. That was great. Yeah. 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 Um, but then she does some unforgivable shit right Yeah. Because Mitzi is now in the same position as the projectionist. Yes. Where she only worse so because the projectionist is just like things are off 
I have a bad, I have a very bad feeling. I'm going to just like slowly back away. Yeah. Um, unsuccessfully Mitzi just had someone who she is close to and intimate to openly admit to murder multiple people multiple murders um of people that Mitzi also knows intimately yeah uh and Mitzi has to hold it together and back away as slowly and calmly without provoking yeah and she does a great job of not provoking because she's very put together. She's very eloquent all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, basically gives us an idea that like, even if you don't fuck up when you're talking to a killer, things could still not go well. They can still not go well. Even if you do everything right. Because <laughs> Pearl is now going into a different delusion. You can see her coming out of that delusion. And then she kind of comes back to reality for a minute. And she's like, you're not going to tell anyone, are you? And Mitzi's like, no, I won't know. And it, she seems sincere where she's like, she does. I would never like she's very sincere when she says it. That's why I'm like, wow. Like, even if you do everything right, this person's even if like, you do everything right. She did such a good job convincing her. Yeah. And then you watch Pearl go into another delusion. She's going back into this play in her head. Yep. And she's like. I'm anyway, congratulations on getting the audition. Yeah. And Mitzi says, I didn't get the audition. Yeah. And she's like, please. And then Mitzi goes with this like role play situation where they talk up. She's like, yes, I got the audition. Do you think she didn't get it? I thought she got it. No, she didn't get it. She did not get it. Hmm. She didn't get it. And Pearl completely made it up in her head. Really? Because half of her, half of her speech was like, you everything's so easy you're pretty and you're smart and you're educated and you're and you're rich and like and blonde she brings up the blonde thing yeah and she's like of course like everything comes easy to you you just get everything you you want and so now she's spinning this narrative of how she's the victim that's the problem is like i went back and forth i was like did she actually win did she actually get the part or did she not but then i just landed on the idea that like i think mitzi's smarter than that to be like yeah, I got the part. Like, don't you know, that's like, I would never give in like that and be like, yeah, okay, I got it. Like, and make that up. I don't know. I wouldn't make it up because I wouldn't want to be caught in a lie with a, yeah, with someone on a hair, like hair trigger like that. That's what I mean. I feel like Mitzi's smart enough to not do that. Yeah. So good. Maybe she did. My interpretation was that she didn't because she seemed sincere when she was like, Pearl, I didn't get it. No. Yeah. I thought that too. Yeah. Initially. And, and then she seems very like she's like very trepidatious, like, oh, yeah, we're going to all have fun traveling. And I think that Mitzi thinks that she's like calming Pearl by spinning this narrative of don't worry, that experience is going to happen. And you have like a tangential part of it, even if that's not true. Hmm. But it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and because Pearl is now angry again. Yes. Yes. She is in a fit of rage and we see Mitzi slowly backing out of the kitchen and running outside and like power walking away from the house. And then we see like two seconds later. What a great shot. Pearl come out of the house with a fucking axe. And you like watch Mitzi watch. You like watch Mitzi leave the it's all one long shot. She leaves the house. She keeps checking her six. 
yeah. to see if Pearl's coming and she's not. She's not up. Oh, yes, she is. And she kind of like pauses and looks at Pearl and Pearl does not skip a beat. She doesn't hesitate. She just grabs the axe. Yep. And Mitch is like, Mitzi understands immediately. Yep. And she's like, I have to fucking run. Yeah. And watching Mitzi like yell was like so realistic. I it know. was that kind of scream where you're so terrified and like your adrenaline you can't is even, so high that you, you can't yeah. like yell loudly. Yeah. Or run quickly. Also the... I'm confused because like you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like we all know you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So like, what's the point of yelling in my head? I would have not thought to yell. And when she started yelling, I was like, why are you even yelling? We all know you're in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Use your breath to run bitch. And she did not run very fast. I was like, fucking book it. But fucking book it. Pearl easily takes her over. Yeah. And just swings an axe at at her back and then her head and then is like standing over her, which is like how Pearl tends to kind of, that's kind of her MO is like, she kind of like kills them once they're like on their back and begging for mercy. Then she like kills them from above, which is what she did with the projectionist too. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and she did, she stood above her mom like that too. Yeah. She went to check on her mom. You're right. Who was still gasping for air, burned, dying slowly in the, in the basement. And she goes, she spins the mom's words because the mom had said something really nasty to her at the at the dinner table before. And she goes, how you feel right now is how I feel every time you looked at me. Oh, she yeah. She wants them to suffer. She, yeah. she wants them to suffer except for her dad. And that's why in her monologue, she felt bad for causing suffering for her dad. Well, also, her dad is the only 100% innocent. I mean, I feel like Mitzi yeah. could be innocent, but she also, it was out of her control that she wasn't. I think, but her dad was 100% innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why she felt bad because she is a, you know, she's not a moral character, but once in a while she'll have like a normal human feeling and it's confusing. It's upsetting. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. And then we have a scene next that goes a little bit deeper even into explain Pearl's like motives. So basically we have a scene where she goes into the basement and she's, lying with her deceased mother's body, but she imagines that her mom is alive and telling her that she loves her and singing her a lullaby. And it's very weird because it's like, I guess a big part of this was her, and this is part of the monologue too, is like her being like, I don't get enough love at home. I need love from fans. I need like Mm -hmm. fans to love me because I'm not getting this. And Part of it that is psychosis, but I do think that, you know, a big part of it is also because her mom really did not show a lot of affection for her. So, yeah. Yeah. So this scene really solidifies that idea that like maybe a big part of this did come from her mom. Like, who knows? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Didn't help. Yep. (laughs) So this scene also is used to transition to this idea that Pearl concludes that her mom was right and that she's supposed to make the best of what she has because that's kind of her mom's a couple times I think she says like it's not about what you want it's about making the best of what you already have so she decides that her mom was right after all of this and so she decides to create a comfortable home for her husband when he returns from the war so she puts all of her energy into that and somehow moves dead bodies again I don't know how but she puts her mom seated she like Brushes her mom's hair. It's like coming out in clumps because she's so fully burned and dead. And yeah, her scalp is like burned and she's brushing her mom to prep her to make her look nice. And like the brush is taking off chunks of her scalp. Yeah. And Pearl's just like, la-di-da. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Um, so she puts her dead mom and her dead father's corpse at the table in like a seated position and then brings in the rotting maggoty pig and puts it in the center of the table and like this horrific pseudo family dinner. Um, and yeah, she like makes jello, I think at some point, oh my God, she, like, so fucking crazy. side dishes for the maggot pig. Yeah. She like decorates it with like. <laughs> I don't even know what that's called, like parsley or whatever. Whatever. There's garnishes. <laughs> Garnish. Yeah. She fucking garnishes this maggot pig. Disgusting. And then, of course, Pearl's husband comes home like a day or two later and finds the decomposing bodies of Pearl's parents sitting at the table around this rotting pig. And Pearl <laughs> greets him <laughs> with the most painfully forced smile that lasts the entirety of the credits, which is yes. such an amazing choice, in my opinion. Like, oh my God. Like, she has this smile where her smile is like too big and her eyes are literally crying. And yes. she looks like a fucking psychopath. And yeah. they decide to have this part, this video of her just like, cry smiling as the credit background for like a full like multiple minutes and it's just such a fucking funny choice and a cool choice and it's cool it's so right? fucking good yes you're just like it's it's just like they really do make you uncomfortable and disturbed and engaged the entire time yes from goose kebab to forced smile during the credits it's just like Holy shit. Yeah. So much going on. So fucking crazy. So great. But let's do critical reception. I want you to guess how people I'm afraid. are. <laughs> I'm really afraid. So whenever I first saw this, it was still in theaters. So uh, critical reception was still very early. I haven't heard a bad thing about this movie. Yeah. I think Mia Goth's performance is just like objectively exceptional and just outstanding. Yeah. And I think that the story is original and bizarre and unmatched. Yeah. I, I think that there is a lot of thought and design choices that went into this movie on top of really good acting and a really good story and just effective horror. If mm -hmm. you get to the bottom of it, this was a really good horror film. Like I was disturbed. I was on the edge of my seat and it, and I find it very rewatchable. Yeah. The characters are just so deep and three dimensional. I I loved everything about this movie. The um so and I have a feeling that other people liked it too. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be very bold and I'm gonna give this like a ninety no, should I? Yes. I'm gonna give it you know, I'll give it a ninety percent. I'll give it nine zero from critics. I think critics appreciated it. I think audiences were too, were probably too uncomfortable at certain scenes. Like the scarecrow probably did some people in. <laughs> I love the scarecrow. I did too. I'm going to say the audiences were more middle of the road and gave it like a 78. This is a very good, very good um, guesses. Very close. <gasps> okay. um, audience was 82. That's better. Just a That's little much better. better. Yeah. Yeah. And critics were 92. 92? Yeah. 92! That's crazy That's high for a horror movie. That's insanely Holy high. Holy fuck. 
I'm so impressed. I thought that critics would like it for all of like the homages and nods to old Hollywood. Yeah, I know. They love to blow themselves, really. They do. <laughs> they really do. But and I, as an audience, love that they're taking the piss out of it. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. It's all a delusion. It's all fake. Yeah. That pleases me. Oh, that makes me happy. I was I was a little nervous. <laughs> well, what do you give it, though? Well, why don't you tell me about your favorite kills first? Okay, I'll rank the kills. Yeah, so, rank some kills for me. First, I have an honorable mention uh, kill for whenever she almost killed her dad by feeding it to the alligator. And <laughs> almost inter- kill. It was interrupted. Scary. Um, by the mom. That was in the trailer, I think. Was it? In yeah. the trailer. Because I remember being like, I don't want to watch this bitch fucking torture paraplegics. That's what I thought this fucking movie was going to be about. I thought it was going to be mostly about the dad. And I thought she was going to do more torture stuff. And I was going to hate it. But it really no, didn't have that much like stuff that in all. it. Yeah. I was like, okay. No, even even when she's feeding the dad, it's she's like, I love you. This is I but I have to be free now. Yeah. Not healthy, n- not excusable, but yeah. I thought it was a very suspenseful scene. Mm-hmm. Um and watching the dad's reaction as this alligator comes closer and closer, just awesome. So crazy. That's so that's an honorable mention. Uh number four, I'm gonna go dad with a pillowcase because it was a little bit too sad yeah, to be it's fun. Very sad. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it was effective. I'm going to say number three is Mitzi with an axe. <laughs> I did like Mitzi's like chopping up scene and being fed I to did. the, I like that. They show her head, they show her throwing yeah. her head. It's pretty good. They show all of it. Yeah. yeah. They also show how easy it was to get away with, with get away with serial murder in the When 1900s. you live on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. You're right. No, do whatever you want. No one's going out there. So I like Mitzi with an axe. I liked the shot itself. I liked that they showed her like getting hit from behind, but didn't show right. like deep wounds yep. and like things like that. Yeah. It was, it was like, I could, I could watch it. Yeah. Number two is mom with the fire. It's a good one. I thought that was, cause it was like, it was so built up with the giant argument they were having. And That bitch just immolated. She just lit up. She did. It goes to show like we have flame retardants on all of our clothing nowadays. Like that's just it's true. Like that's everything true. Yeah. She really did. It caught really quick. Yeah. She lit up and I believe it like shit caught on fire all the time. Like whole cities caught on fire back then. Yeah. Um, So I like that. And I thought it was really horrifying it was unexpected and the way that she just gets she slowly dies in the basement after being unceremoniously just yep dumped down there yeah that was horrifying and original and i liked it Mm -hmm. and so number one obviously that leaves boo with the pitchfork (laughs) (laughs) why was that one your favorite i've never seen such effective pitchfork horror in my entire life i thought yeah i thought it was scary i thought you're like really you really don't know if he's gonna get away or not he's in the car he's turning the key he's checking his six too for pearl she's not there because she's right next to him Uh uh-huh and the stab is so visceral yeah it's it's very realistic how he bleeds out but doesn't completely die right away right um how she just casually chases his like very slow car oh god i don't know and then rolling him into the lagoon the pond with the alligator that was funny sealing it with au revoir johnny (laughs) that was perfect i loved everything everything was perfect i was just so impressed yeah so impressed one of my favorite kills of any movie ever but honestly a lot of these were like the mom of the fire really close i really like that but that gave me hereditary vibes for some reason yes yeah 
yeah, so that's my ranking. What's your favorite? I think probably Mitzi, even though I was, I think Mm -hmm. that one evoked the most emotional response from me because I liked her as a character Yeah, and I sincerely hope that she wouldn't die. Um, I agree with you. I think the running away part was, uh, very realistic because I do think that, you know, she is out of shape. She's, you know, a woman and in the 1910s, she's wearing heels. She's nicely dressed. Like it, it felt very real. Um, I agree. And I also like that they didn't sexualize her death because I find that a a lot of horror movies, when women die, for some reason, the killing is sexualized and it's fucking weird. Um, But I like that they didn't sexualize her and they also didn't sexualize Pearl, really, except for Mm. her. She does have sex. She does masturbate, but it's not like a sexy moment either time. It is not sexy. And it is also like Pearl taking control. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's not it's not written for the male gaze. Yeah. Even whenever the proje- the projectionist is obviously trying to get her to come to bed that first time, she's yeah. like, nah, I got to go. But then whenever she's like, I'm taking control of my own life, toasting mama up, she's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go get what I want now. And she goes and she goes to have sex with the projectionist. Like, that's her goal. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Pearl does what Pearl wants to do. Pearl is very immature. She's very naive. She lives in her own world. She's very theatrical. She's very idealistic and she's careless. And it's just like this, such a complex character. And you could tell she's a product of her environment, but she also probably has a little bit of these tendencies naturally. And it's just so much to comprehend when you watch, um, which we love. We love a deep movie. (laughs) We do. We love a deep movie. So now... You're going to have to give me your, 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 your My take. Okay. Your, your take. <laughs> okay. I mean, obviously we've been ranting about how much we love this movie the whole time. So you guys all so know. I, I knew you would like it. <laughs> Ariana, I was so scared last night because I have been talking such game. I've been like, listen. Ariana's going to love thinks, this movie. Yeah. I'm like, Ariana <laughs> thinks I don't like dark movies and Ariana thinks that she that she knows that she's not going to enjoy this movie as much. And I knew that you would love it. I knew it. I did. I loved it. I love the complex characters. I feel like it gave me psychological horror without all of the extra stuff that Kate hates. I feel like it's a very mainstream version of psychological horror. Um, I also, I love that there was few characters and that you got to know them deeply. I like that it was told from Pearl's point of view. I like that the protagonist was also the antagonist and she was very complex and we could relate to her while also mm-hmm. being, being afraid of her, <laughs> totally afraid and disgusted by everything she was doing. Um, I really like this movie. It, I will say it wasn't scary for me, like in the slightest, like no okay. moment was scary. Um, so I don't know if that's, um, just like what I'm scared of naturally, or if, it's known to be something that's not scary. Yeah. Kind of like it's, it's, you can be less afraid of a killer when you're like being, when you're seeing it from the killer's point of view. So I don't know if that's why, but it wasn't scary for me. It's a lot less scary than the trailer. So I was expecting a little bit more in regards to the fear aspect on my end. And I was expecting a little more kills. Um, That being said, I still would give this, Nine and a half out of ten. Whoa, maggots! <laughs> Ew, gross. 
Nine and a half, Ariana. That's good. I really, really liked it, and I wanted to give it a 10. I don't know what it was that just, like, it's just, like, I think it's because I, like, amp myself up about it, and I was expecting a lot because I knew a lot of people liked this movie. I knew it was going to be very feminist, and I knew, and I thought it was going to be really scary, so I did amp myself up for it, and then when I watched it, I was just, like, very slightly, like, it just, you know, is underwhelming just a little bit because I amp myself up so much, I think. That's why I'm telling you, don't watch trailers. Trailers take all the best parts and they hype them. It wasn't even just the trailer, though. It was like I just in the horror community, I feel like we all knew Pearl was going to be like epic for. Yes. Like my type of person. So I think I was just expecting a lot, but it's still really, really, really satisfied a lot of these things. So I love that response. I love that I got this right. (laughs) 10 out of 10 for me. Yes. So. And, and obviously, like, I've been, I have not been quiet about my feelings about this movie. Easily one of the best horror movies of 2022. I would put this in my top 10 horror yeah. movies of all time. Same. You too. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. this goes in my top 10. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 pitchforks. No, wait, I take it back. 10 out of 10 scarecrows. Scarecrows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Love that. 10 out of 10. I'd give it 11 out of 10 if I could. I think this is a perfect movie. And I'm really excited for the sequel. Maxine. Yes. We're all here for it. I'm excited too. Ah, awesome. Okay. I'm so glad you liked it. And guys, don't forget, rate and review and let us know you did so that we can get you on our little merch giveaway. And stay looking, peeping at our Instagram or Facebook because we're going to be posting um, some new merch soon because Witchy's working on something cool for us. Ooh, so. exciting. Exciting. Where should we put this on our scoreboard? I don't know. <laughs> I want to put it. I want to put it high. Same, 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 same. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, definitely top 10 for me. I think it can go. Yeah, yeah. Look what look what number eight is. American Psycho. <gasps> I like this better than American Psycho. Same. And I fucking love American Psycho. Yeah. This is going above American Werewolf. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a big deal. I, I'd put it above Silence of the Lambs for me. Yeah, I, um, hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't, like, I'm I'm very much infatuated with this movie. I feel like it needs to sit with me longer. I just feel like me and Silence okay, of the Lambs okay. have, like, a very good relationship. Like, a very good long-term relationship. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, I could see me liking this movie more than Silence of the Lambs. At some point. Because I've seen it a couple of times. So yeah. like, I already have that bond. You do have a bond. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bond with Pearl. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy with seven or eight. It can't go above Rocky Horror. I'm so sorry. It cannot go above Jennifer's body. I'm so sorry. Barbarian. Jennifer's I, body. I can't. I can't. Jennifer's body is number four. Five. Oh my God. Number five. Uh, it's fabulous. Uh, Haunting of Hill House is number three. I've seen that eight billion times. I'll never stop. Ready or not is still number two. That's crazy. Uh, it's not crazy. And the thing obviously is undefeated champ. So yeah. uh, I'm happy with seven or eight. I understand if you want to put this below silence of the lambs, but can I, can I do it with a caveat? I would also put this between barbarian and Jennifer's body. And I know that's higher <gasps> and it doesn't make sense. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's bumping Jennifer's body out of number five, but that's okay because it's an equally badass feminist, feminist movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jennifer's body is still in the top 10. So I am 
very pleased. And they're very different movies. Very, very different You're movies. You're right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. New number five. This broke the top five. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so we all excited. expected it too. This Let's be real. <laughs> could not have gone better. I'm s i am was so I was worried last night. I'm like, what if Ariana just like Oh my god. Like, That's like my biggest fear. Whenever I really like a movie, I'm like, oh my god, is this gonna be like me defending this movie this whole time? Me versus everyone else? Yeah. The answer is yes, because you like dark, sad movies. Yeah. Oh my god. Except for today, where we both like a dark, sad movie. Yeah. So, I think this yay! is a right in the middle of our Venn diagram. It is. Yeah. It is. It's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, you know, hair flip. I just want to show Ariana I can like gross things too. <laughs> Actually, I've always liked gross She was things. so offended when I said that, guys. I was. <laughs> You're like, Kate just likes baby movies. Kate <laughs> likes jokey movies. Baby jokey movies. <laughs> which is true. Kate's um, like, yeah. Correct. But I also like this, which yeah. is, again, where our Venn diagram overlaps. Yes. That also would be cute. We should make like a little Venn diagram just so people understand. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. We should talk to about which movies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We got something and for everyone. Just like out to the side, not in the diagram <laughs> at all. Emma's like way over here with her own little circle. Yeah, she's like over there with the, you know, the good place and new girl. Aww, I love those. And the Bachelorette. Oh, and I don't like the Bachelorette. Don't, don't worry, she's still dark. <laughs> all right. What a banger of an episode. What a great way to celebrate our 101 Dalmatian birthday. Yeah, we love yes. that. And I don't know what's coming next. I don't know. I don't know. We'll think about it. We'll think about it. If you guys have any, I've had a couple people write in with some poll suggestions, um, which are, those are the polls that we pitched to Instagram. And I'm like, Hey, yo, tell me like what, what kind of movies you guys want? I had one, someone recommend like a hidden gems poll, a a weird poll. So yeah, just stay tuned. Um, Instagram is where I do those. I'm here for hidden gems. I have a few different thoughts. I am too. I'm here for any of it. I'm here for whatever the club wants to do because yeah. I am satisfied. I got what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys um, hit us up again. Our email address, nightlighthorrormovieclub.com. No, that's our website at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, well, you can find us either way. You can yeah, find us there too. One. We're, we're you'll figure it we're out. Hard to find. <laughs> yeah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, club members, we love you and stay spoopy. Stay spoopy. Stay spoopy.